deal for premium CBD that's not going to break the bank. It is locally owned and sourced here in Utah, and it's safe for work, meaning there's no THC, so you don't have to stress about that. And they do have something for everyone. I'm personally using the number two, number two broad spectrum. It's made me feel great. I've been using it for the past month now. Really gives me a little boost of energy every morning, and my body just feels a little bit more relaxed and stress-free. Head over to happiestmed.com. That is H-E-P-I-U-S-M-E-D.com. Jason. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for coming today. I, I know that we were trying to get this set up about a month or two ago. Mm -hmm. COVID. Oh, yes. You got to love COVID in <laughs> the landscape of trying to make any content. I'm sure being a business owner, it's been... Oh, yes. Super rough. So you're from, Dark, you own and created Dark Prime Collectibles, correct? Yes, I did. So I kind of want to know, for someone who hasn't heard of Dark Prime Collectibles, what can they expect when they go in? Um, nostalgia for childhoods is the number one thing that we shoot for. Okay. Um, besides that, we pride ourselves on... Focusing on certain things, other and not trying to outdo or do too many things like other game game stores and collectible stores do. Uh, so like we only sell Magic the Gathering and D and D for tabletop gaming stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, we sell vintage retro video games, toy vintage retro toys from back when we were growing up, back when parents were kids and stuff like that. Um, and we also uh, help uh, support local uh, artists by selling some of their stuff in our store too. Oh, that's super cool because I don't. You know, there, there's different game stops around where I'm at, and no one is advertising local artists. I mean, that's just something that you don't ever hear. So, like, we just had a giant lightsaber Game of Thrones chair that was uh, custom made uh, by a friend of mine. A giant lightsaber Game of Thrones chair? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, so do you put it up for sale, or do you put it up for, like... Um, so we had it up for sale for a while. Um, we actually... Uh, I'm kind of ashamed to say this. We actually outpriced it to where nobody would actually buy it, so that way it would stay in the store. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. It's pretty awesome. And, yeah, um, we finally had just uh, lowered the price down to uh, be able to sell it, so we could actually get some other stuff in by the same guy that made that. I gotcha. So as far as like retro video gaming go goes, are we talking like all the way back to like Atari and first gen Ataris, or like more like? Nintendo NES, 64, um, PS1. Atari's, uh, TurboGrafx systems, uh, all that stuff. Um, we don't do anything past, let's see, the newest system we've had or newest games we have is like PS3, I think. Oh, okay. So you have, you still have quite a wide range of yeah. the stuff you take in. Mm -hmm. I, I am curious. So like, because, you know, we had that weird bubble what was it, maybe 2019 2018 mm -hmm. where there was like a big spike in people going for retro video games sadly yeah. a lot of it was people trying to buy and resell yeah but what t what item like was there a specific like big ticket item for you guys like was it um for us for the video game stuff we actually didn't go too much into like the nintendo was the one that was having the biggest spike yeah with that stuff uh, we actually stayed away from that just because trying to buy that stuff was outrageously overpriced and mm -hmm. trying to find buyers to sell that to was even harder. So we actually went with the, the uh, TurboGrafx systems that uh, weren't as sought after, but still made a pretty penny off those. Um, the PlayStation stuff, the Atari, some of the Atari stuff, mm -hmm. um, and different, games, different systems like that. 
because I've never actually played TurboGrafx. My buddy used to have one growing up, and I used to always want to try and get one, but I couldn't. That's one that is pretty difficult to come across. Oh, yes. Um, in the six years we've been in business, we've only had two. Wow. That's crazy. Do they... Is it one of those items that when you kind when you find one, does it stay for a long time? Or? Uh, no, luckily with that, I can actually uh, have a big community of video retro gamers that are into that kind of stuff that I can just call a name up and be like, hey, I got this in. Who wants it? Who wants right. saves on it? Because <laughs> I actually, so my gaming history, I grew up on N64 and PS1, mm-hmm. and um, I've gone back and now I own all the N64 games that I had as a kid, and you know, I still. I, I make it a point every year I play Star Fox 64 twice because I just, it's what I played every day growing up for a long time. But it's hard to find PlayStation games. Uh, my store is not. It's actually one of the biggest selections we have. Uh, we have harder problems finding the 64 stuff because mm-hmm. uh, around here there's about eight other gaming stores that people tend to take their stuff to. Mm-hmm. But uh, by the time everything comes to us, we get the leftovers. Which I'm okay with, yeah, for the most part. But yeah, um, like uh, our, our PlayStation One and PS2 collections are one of the biggest ones uh, out of everything else we sell. Really? Yeah. Because that's been my hardest part is like, at least down because you're in the more northern Davis County area, yeah. and I live down in southern Davis County. For those who listen who don't live in Utah, we're about 25 minutes away, yeah. maybe give or take traffic. Um, there's no one down here or in. Salt Lake, aside from one place that even attempts PS One games, because or the place that does compete or does does go for PS One games, it is so marked up. Yeah, um, it's because most game stores look at PS One games as a oddity that nobody really wants. Yeah, um, but they don't realize that the PlayStation was great for the children. Um, even, to, even today, uh, I'd rather my daughter play the PlayStation rather than Nintendo or some of the other systems out there. Interesting. Uh, just because they had the better uh, copyrighted uh, game uh, characters in games, like they had the Smurfs, they had some of the other stuff like that, whereas Nintendo kept tight control of what games they made. That's a good point. I never thought of that because, yeah, PlayStation did have like a lot of mainstream character games like mm-hmm. you said like smurfs or like tom and jerry and yeah. things like that mm-hmm. see i played a lot of uh jrpgs yeah. when i had my playstation one and that that's a genre that people didn't realize that sony really <laughs> was taking control of like you think nintendo might have some jrpgs mm-hmm. playstation has a lot under oh, their yeah. belt. no um another genre that nobody really pays attention to on playstation which is surprising me is the horror generation the, the horror games really yeah I didn't know that because I love horror on the PC. Yeah, um, yeah. PlayStation pretty much uh, has control over horror in general for video games. Well, because I know that like new age horror games are really like, there's some good ones on yeah. PlayStation. Then we were going to get that Silent Hill reboot mm-hmm. with uh, what was that demo that they released? Um, Where you had to walk through the hallway over and over. Yeah, again. I can't remember because that was. It was a demo of a game that they never read. Yeah, and that was, I thought that was going to really take over the horror genre, that whole yeah. game itself, but I don't know. I Sadly, I don't play a lot of console anymore. I'm, stri- I'm mostly a PC guy. Um, that's my problem, too, is I, I had a, or I had, yeah, had, actually, had a giant video game collection, 
Um, I actually got rid of most of it just because I didn't ever play it. Same. That's what I did too. Is I had a couple of shelves full of everything from the N sixty four to today, and everything's now on my PC. So it just was sitting in there collecting dust. I kind of sold off a lot of my not items that have like sentiment. Yeah, and that's what I do with my collection because I was going to go for a full Sega Genesis collection. Oh. Um, I hit about three hundred games and. After a while, I was like, you know what, I'm not playing these. <laughs> I, I, I liked Genesis. I played a lot of, uh, what is the NBA, where the ball catches on fire? Uh, NBA uh, Jam? Yeah, NBA Jam. I liked NBA Jam. I had Booger Man. That one was like yeah. a really good um, one. And there was, I don't know, there was a couple other ones. but Yeah, um, yeah I kept about 30 of my Sega Genesis games in my collection and I sold it off. Yeah. And that's only because they were either horror horror based games or games that I again had to remember value with me. So. Right. Do you have a all time horror game that you just like go back to multiple times? Not really. Uh, my uh, with horror games, I go, go through play them, then let them sit for a while, and go. You know what? I haven't touched that game for a while, so I'll just go ahead and play that one. Yeah. That's um, how I am with most of my games. Um, the only game I've ever actually just continuously gone back to over and over and over is uh, Diablo. Yeah, I mean Diablo is. What's funny is Diablo was a game that actually got me into like. Kind of got me into gaming because my dad was a big gamer, and I remember him getting Diablo one, and I would sit there and just watch him play, mm-hmm. and I just like when you the first boss in that one is the butcher. Oh yeah. And I just remember like him screaming like fresh meat as a kid I'd get scared and like run out of the room and Diablo 2 I mean speaks for itself oh yeah yeah no uh, me and my dad actually played Diablo 1 together uh, we played Diablo 2 together we played Diablo 3 together up until my uncle passed away several mm-hmm. years ago and then he stopped playing it as much and I so my wife and I play now oh well hey at least you got someone to play with because that's oh, yeah. that's the best so it looks like chat has a question number one question Batman or Superman and why? Now I know this is a little off topic, but I'm curious. So, this is where I differ with a lot of people. Neither. I respect that because I don't like either personally. Um, I think Superman's an overpowered uh, person that just gains a new power every other day mm-hmm. just to make himself more stronger. And Batman is too intelligent for his own good that he just forgets he has stuff. For to solve the problems until after it's already too late and you're like, oh yeah, I have this problem, the problem solver right here. <laughs> you're right. Sorry about that chat and people listening. I believe that was my dryer that just scared the living crap out of me. <laughs> um, now I agree with you. So I'm not super versed in the comic book world, but I do dabble a little bit and I definitely have to say that I don't like at least comic book wise, I don't follow a lot of the mainstream people. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of individuals don't realize who are now into like superheroes because of Marvel and like some of the DC books is like, even like Iron Man and those guys weren't popular. Like, no. You know, they were kind of like side characters and there's yeah. so many other awesome characters. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the reason most of these characters are popular nowadays is because the MCU or Marvel in general actually didn't have control over their movie rights for most of their superheroes that were popular. Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's why they went with Iron Man and Thor and Hawkeye and stuff like that and the Avengers. It's because they, they were the only ones that they actually had control over. Because I knew that they didn't have control over Spider-Man, which has always been a big yeah. 
yeah, Spider Man, X Men, Fantastic Four were all owned by uh, all owned were owned by other companies. Yeah, for movie rights. And Sony had Sony had Spider Man and um, one other one. I can't remember which one other one they Venom? have now. They have, they have Venom. Well, they have all the Spider Man characters. They actually have another superhero that they just don't ever touch. Hmm. And then Fox had Fantastic Four. No, they uh, Sony had Fantastic Four. Has Fantastic Four. So uh, Fox had X Men. Right? Has X Men and Ghost Rider. And see, Ghost Rider was actually I read a graphic novel of Ghost Rider. Awesome. Mm-hmm. The Nicolas Cage movie, not so awesome. Oh, I know. That's why I'm hoping that if they continue with making Ghost Rider stuff, that they actually do some of the better ones. Because yeah, uh, so, now, that, now that Marvel owns it, I'm hoping that they actually do actually do a good Ghost Rider. Yeah, and probably don't get Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Do you have like a top like? If you were to go get a new comic, do you have like some top ones that you'll go after? So, Deadpool's always been a favorite of mine since, ever since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, back to, back before he was even popular and famous, I, I loved Deadpool. Um, Blue Beetle's another one I like that nobody really pays attention to. No, I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, Blue Beetle is, uh, so the first one, version of him was a scientist that discovered an alien artifact in... I uh, started experimenting on it. Okay. And it uh, attached to him, and it became an exoskeleton suit that he could uh, turn, uh, cover himself with and deactivate, and it could actually talk to him. Okay, I like that. Um, after, when he died, it was passed on to his assistant, who was a Hispanic uh, kid that uh, thought he was as cool as it could be and <laughs> kind of misused it for a little bit until he actually became a superhero with it. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard. Are do, is there any plans for him? Like in not really. They tried to use him in Young Ju- uh, or in Young Justice, uh, the DC cartoon series, mm-hmm. and he did really well in that. But other than that, they don't really have any plan. There's no plans to do a movie or anything like that with him. Well, then let's switch over to what we're seeing with the new MCU reveals. Is there anything where you're like, finally, we're gonna see? Um, so as long as the WandaVision stuff goes the way the comic books have had to go with everything that they're leading it to i'm actually looking forward to it really um because that's going to bring in uh the marvel universe of satan uh hephisto Mm. uh, which will also bring in a lot of other interesting superheroes and villains to be able to compete with the in in the mcu now that uh thanos is gone and right See, that's something I didn't even know. I didn't realize that WandaVision was comics. Yeah. Well, somewhat. Some of uh, of the storyline in WandaVision is from comics. Okay. Interesting. I mean, that's that's always the tough part, I imagine, from someone who Mm -hmm. sounds like you're really versed in comics. Like, has it been... I guess the overall question I want to ask is, like, has it been just amazing, this ride of, like, finally seeing these superheroes on the big screen? Or is it kind of like little torn because you're like this isn't what i um i'm actually a big fan of it i love it i wish like black widow would have had a better uh run in the mcu than what she has had so far Mm -hmm. um but like the fact that they're not just taking storylines from the comic books but they're being inspired by the comic books is actually really fantastic in my opinion that's good because i you know i grew up like knowing superheroes but not really being into the comics as much and i i do have to say like after maybe i don't know i can't remember the timeline 
once we got into more like vast characters like pretty much right around when we hit the first avengers movie i started jumping in pretty deep yeah and i do have to say like what they've created and the community that's around it is pretty amazing oh yeah like everyone you don't see a lot of haters like i mean there's haters everywhere but mm. everyone's just about having fun and um that last Avengers movie was probably one of the best movies I've seen and probably the best representation of doing anything that involves time travel. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I was hesitant to see that one or hear, when I heard about the time travel stuff, but I was glad that they actually did it in an actual way that didn't just go, hey, screw the entire everything up. That's what I was worried about is when I heard that there was going to be time travel, I'm like, every movie that tries to dabble into time travel, it just ends up ruining itself because we could just play that card of like well why don't they just time travel back and kill Thanos when he's a baby yeah you know but they did it in such a good job that I there wasn't a point in the movie where I was like oh why don't they do this I was just so vested in the yeah. the ride of the movie yeah I also like the fact that they explained that they any changes they made wouldn't actually change the future or just adjust it right right no I, I thought that they did a super good job at that and I just I don't know I'm excited to see where they go because a lot of these movies that are coming out are new characters and i don't know anything about them like there's immortals i know there's going to be the i don't remember what it is it's going to be like the dude who knows kung fu or something like that um yeah that's uh not iron fist I'm trying to think of the other one might be iron fist got the internet thankfully um and then i'm super since i'm a big horror junkie games and movies um i'm super excited to see what it ends up going into that doctor strange or yeah doctor yeah, strange, strange and the multi the yeah the multi because they yeah. are they're saying that that's going to be a horror movie yeah um and that's uh, uh hephisto and the dream uh demon that uh is why i'm hoping that they're going to be leading one vision into the hephisto stuff oh really yeah so that might tie into that yeah that's interesting so what because the multiverse is what they kind of dabbled in with the time travel mm -hmm. so how i guess in your eyes how do you think they can make that a horror so um there's a character in the doctor strange comic books that actually is a dream demon that uh deals with uh horror stuff uh, horror nightmares and stuff like that oh so I got you. So it could be like a put him into nightmares, and that's mm -hmm. where like it can. Yeah. Oh, the, Shang Chi. Yeah, Shang Chi. Yeah, that's the other one. So we have, I think, believe these are confirmed. So a Loki movie or a Loki series. Yeah. Black Widow, mm -hmm. Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, Hawkeye, Blade, which <sighs> I hope is good. I'm hoping, but I'm just hoping it's not a rehash of the 90s Blade movies. Yeah. Um, Eternals, which has a star-studded cast so far. Yes, I'm actually excited for Eternals. I don't know. So, I did a little bit of research on Eternals. It sounds like they're pretty OP, kind of like Captain Marvel. Yeah, so um, we actually saw some of the Eternals uh, throughout the uh, MCU so far. Oh, really? Yeah, so the uh, giants that they, like the... Uh, and Guardians of the Galaxy, when they're talking about the uh, stone, yeah, and they show the uh, giant creature wielding the uh, infinity, the purple infinity stone, yeah, that's an internal. 
Okay. Uh, he's an internal, and the head that they uh, visit uh, throughout the Guardians of the Galaxy movies yeah. is an inter- uh, the head, uh, head of one of the internals. Interesting. Yeah, that one's going to be really... I think that one's going to be a big, like, mm-hmm. high, high budget, like, blow your mind type of movie. I think so, too. Uh, we have Thor Love and Thunder, which I'm sure will be... I'm not excited for that one, to tell you the truth. No? I'm not a fan of that of the storyline that they're going to go with with that one because hmm. it, ta- uh, it takes place with the female Thor that they did in the comic books not too long ago. Yeah, um, which was Jane Foster. Oh, and she uh, she somehow she got the hammer of Thor, became a female Thor while she had cancer. In the comic book yeah. series, well, that's going to be interesting. I know. I wonder. Hmm. So I'm just hoping that's not really the direction they're going with, but that's what they, they've already shown her pictures of her in the Thor costume. Right, I saw that, and I'm like, okay, it could be cool, but that'd be a weird way to make yeah. it happen. Yeah, because then she dies at the end of the uh, comic book story arc. So you would get a whole movie of this female Thor being badass, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you don't get anything else. Mm-hmm. I think the Falcon Winter Soldier is going to be good. I mean, um, from what I've seen of the trailers, I, I, I'm actually a big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they ha- have to learn to work together, and uh, Falcon's still learning to try to become the new Captain America. Yep. So. And then I don't know what if question mark is. Um, what if, if is exactly what it sounds like. It's what if. What if Captain America, uh, if uh, Steve Rogers wasn't the uh, Captain America, but somebody else was? Oh. What if uh, Will Wing never got the animanium bones and claws? So it's just gonna—is it gonna be like a movie with a bunch of short stories? Um, it's actually gonna be a series on Disney Plus. Okay, gotcha. And it's uh, gonna be just a bunch of short uh, versions of it. Of what if this character did this, or what if that character did that? That could be fun. It was a comic book uh, line that they did back in the '90s, early 2000s, um, where they introduced a lot of what ifs and. They were actually really good story arcs. Yeah, I bet that's going to be a lot of fun. We know WandaVision's out now. Mm-hmm. Currently, they haven't had the final episode, right? I think no, they still have two more episodes two after more. today's, I think. And then Shang-Chi, The Legend mm-hmm. of the Ten Rings. I'm excited for that one because I, I just really like Kung Fu stuff. So I yeah. think that's going to hit that for me. So I'm hoping that they, that's where they actually fix the Mandarin from uh, Iron Man with that. Mm, I didn't think about that, yeah. Because that's where the uh, Ten Rings are. Hmm. Is that the Mandarin's uh, powers? So we have a question: Was in game better than Back to the Future time travel wise? Yes, yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, uh, definitely. Back to the Future is one of my favorite movies of all uh, throughout the entire things, but uh, too much time travel, changing stuff, and then it's like, oh, we fit, we messed this up. Let's go back and try to change this. this yeah. Whereas with in uh, game, they just they went. Hey, we cannot do any of the stuff. So if we do any of the stuff, it's going to mess up. Just so y'all know, right? <laughs> and we cannot fix it. <laughs> no, I, I'm also curious. Kind of. Uh, so we had another question. I liked the what if series about some of the X Men. I hope that we really get, because we know that X Men are now going to be in the MCU. Yes. I hope we get an MCU X Men movie within the next couple of years. So. Rumors and talks right now is um, after the internals, they're pro- uh, is when they're going to actually do the uh, do an X Men movie. So it'll probably be in the next five years or so. Yeah, and I I know that um, Hugh Jackman doesn't want to continue X Men no. and doesn't want to continue Wolverine. 
I feel like, though, they kind of have to get him in for at least one MCU movie. So it probably will be MCU related, but uh, he's been talking with um, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. About doing uh, an appearance in Deadpool. Yeah. And we did get confirmed that there's going to be uh, a, no, a new Deadpool movie. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep the R rating. Yes. Which I think is super important. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see if maybe we'll get that Wolverine crossover at least a little bit for the fans. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm actually hoping that they leave it as a separate universe and then they just like Deadpool just t- uh, travels through a dimensional portal to the MCU to actually do this through their full blown crossover afterwards. But Right, because I mean, from my understanding, Deadpool is actually, if we're talking about power and strength, doesn't he have a series where he kills pretty much everybody? Yeah. There's an entire story where he's called uh, Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. Yeah. So, I mean... And then with that one, we also introduced... Uh, got introduced to 20 million other Deadpools throughout the... <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, then we got a question. What's next for Star Wars? Uh, next for Star Wars, between the 20 million t- uh, shows coming out on Disney+, Plus, uh, they don't plan on making a movie for the next two years I know of. Yeah, and we don't know yet where that's going to be yeah i'm personally hoping because i one of my favorite games in star wars content all time is the old republic game mm-hmm. the first one specifically the second one was good the mmo is yeah decent <clears throat> but i really think that if they were to do a trilogy in that star wars old republic universe we could potentially see one of the best trilogies out so far yeah I know Disney's currently talking to a lot of the authors that wrote the Star Wars books that they made uncanon when they bought those films. Right. Uh, to try to actually get their stuff into, or some of their stuff into the movie, into the movies and shows and whatnot. So. Right. I, I'm more ver- I'm more known, or I know more stuff about Star Wars, and I do have to say, like, I think that we were very close to a potential. I don't want to say death of Star Wars, but I really think after the last movie that came out, they really weren't sure the longevity of Star Wars. And then after Mandalorian did what it did, yeah. you know, now we're getting this huge. Because, I mean, they released, what was it? Like you said, like was, 15 or 16 new content. Yeah, so they did six movies in seven years, and then they said that they're going to be releasing... Yeah, I think it's about 10 different shows in yeah. the next like, four, three or four years. So what is your opinion on Mandalorian? Um, so I haven't watched it yet. Okay. <laughs> as, an, as a nerd, I know I, I fail. But at the same time, I have the same problem as I do, do watching WandaVision. Because like, I've, I've been watching WandaVision. And I get mad because I go, cool, I watched this episode. Now to wait a week. Mm-hmm. And... With the whole streaming of everything nowadays, I've been spoiled to where I can just binge watch anything I want. Yeah. And not being able to binge watch shows, like, that do a weekly episode like that, kind of makes me go, oh, I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> I get it 100%, because I, I did that. The only two shows that I've ever, well, there's been a few. Game of Thrones, that was really hard to be weekly on. Yeah. And then get a year gap in between each season. Um and Mandalorian was pretty hard. I do have to say, from my personal opinion, someone who obviously the originals are on the top pedestal. We all know that. Mm-hmm. I still really enjoy the prequels for what they are. I mean, Clone Wars is probably could be forgotten, but 
Phantom Menace is decent if we take out some Jar Jar stuff, and I think yeah. Revenge of the Sith is a very good movie. Yeah. Movie-wise, I love movie. I love most of the movies. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, I looked at most movies except for the original trilogy as standalone movies. Not, good way to look at it. Um, and I so that way I can just nitpick those uh, those scenes out of those movies and go. This is what I didn't like about the movie, but everything else was actually really good. Right. Like, I loved the fact that Phantom of Menace actually introduced one of my favorite characters in the Star Wars universe, yeah. Darth Maul. Yeah, Darth Maul was... I wish that... Thankfully, they saved Darth Maul's character by bringing him back in different forms, and mm-hmm. he's still relevant in, like, the Han Solo movie, and maybe we'll see him more in, like, yeah. the real-life situations, but I, I agree with you. I think that Darth Maul should have been what Count Dooku was. Oh, yeah. And Grievous. They shouldn't, they didn't need to do any of those characters. No. Um, but yeah, no, like, I, I've nitpicked movies, those movies, and whatnot, but, like, I've, I like the, I like the prequels, I like the originals. The new, the new trilogy, or the last three movies, that, and whatnot, were decent movies, yeah. except for certain scenes. That's the only problems I had with them. Yep. I, I really enjoyed Force Unleashed, or, not Force Unleashed, that's the Force game. Awakens. Force Awakens. Force Unleashed, great game, check it yes. out. Um, I liked Force Awakens. I get what Ryan Johnson was trying to do with his movie, and I, I've rewatched it. I like it more the third and fourth time watching it versus the first time watching mm-hmm. it, even though they do Luke kind of dirty. And then the last movie, you know, I I didn't like the idea that they went with, but I had a lot of fun watching it. So I don't like the idea they went with either, but he had no choice when his uh, original plans got nixed. Yes. Yeah. He they should have just let J.J. Abrams do all three movies. Oh yeah. Let him do his story, and I think we would have had a very competitive trilogy with everything else. Mm-hmm. Trying to bounce around directors, I get is probably cool for the director world, not great for the fans. No. And they did learn from that. That's why they're not doing any more movies for the next two or three years that they've acknowledged anyway. Yeah. Um, plus, they figure with the, with TV shows or uh, Disney Plus shows, whatever you want to call it, they can actually do better storylines because they can go, hey, we can actually do an actual story arc, not a... Right. I will give you the, the Star Wars fan seal of approval now that season two of Mandalorian is done. I personally think, and... Everyone can be agree with me or disagree. I think the Mandalorian is the best Star Wars content they've put out, probably since the originals. Maybe, maybe aside from like the Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah, um, from what I've seen of it, I'd have to agree. The only scene I've seen or the part I've had a disagreement with on people is the introduction of Luke Skywalker. Interesting. What did you not like? Um, I did like the fact that they just made him completely a badass and whatnot as a Jedi, which all Jedi's are badasses, yes. Mm-hmm. But then, literally, up until the uh, after that point, you don't at least right now, nothing is acknowledged about other Jedi's or mm-hmm. Force power, uh, very powerful Force users, and yet you had Force Awakens that didn't even acknowledge the. Uh, Baby Yoda or Drew. Yeah, that's the one thing that I don't understand yet. And they're going to have to try and figure out what to do because, you know, with Force Awakens, I don't want to say anything that you don't know about the new Mandalorian season. Because yeah. there is another character that gets introduced that's very Force 
powerful. Yeah. And um, that is another question for me, like, where on the timeline do things change to when we get to Force Awakens? Because I know that there's a long time gap, mm -hmm. but that, if we're going off of what we know, that means that Baby Yoda either no longer exists or dies or is in some other place mm -hmm. when Force Awakens happens because all we know is Luke, Ray, and those are your and Kylo or those are your big like power players. Yeah. So where does Baby Yoda go and where does this other character that gets introduced in the season two go? They don't ever talk about it. So that's why I'm hoping in season three and later season that they actually start acknowledging where, what happened with these guys because otherwise it's just going to lead to massive plot holes that everybody complains about with plot holes in Star Wars anyway. I, I have heard a rumor of a push to make those three movies not canon. Yeah. Because they want to go in a different direction. Yeah, once they do that though, then they you go then you have the fans that go, well, episodes one, two, and three shouldn't be canon. Right. Well and I think too when you start talking about what's canon, what's not canon, that is confusing for not for like casual fans. Oh yeah. You know, because then they're like, wait, those movies I went and saw in the theater aren't didn't actually happen? Like that's a hard explanation for a company mm -hmm. to explain to these casual fans and the kids who are loving it. Like, oh yeah, you have to pretend like those never happened. Yeah. I mean, it's hard enough with the hardcore fans when Disney goes, hey, the books aren't canon. That, in my personal opinion, was the biggest mess up that they've made because there's so much untapped potential for like live action stuff from those books. Um, <laughs> someone said my, in chat, my mom is going to be the next Palatine because she is old, crazy, and evil. Isn't that most brothers though? Yeah, <laughs> Rogue One was dope though. Yeah, Rogue One was dope. I, I liked, liked Rogue, Rogue One. One. Um, I thought it was a great storytelling of them getting the plans and didn't revolve around any of the main characters in the Star Wars universe. Right. I think that Rogue One was. I don't know. Just from the start to finish, I was like, "Let's go!" You know, it was. It's exciting. Yeah, and I'm hoping that more Star Wars stuff is like that, where it does revolve around Luke and Leia and yes, all the main characters, and actually goes to something interesting. So I pulled up what we have on the docket for Star Wars content. We have a Kenobi series, which a lot of information has come out. Mm -hmm. Ewan McGregor is going to be Obi-Wan. Yes, which I found funny considering for years he was like, no, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. No, yeah. I'm not going to do anything. I hate Star Wars. I'm never going to do anything for it again. And then turns out and goes, yeah, sure, I'm going to do it. I, I have a feeling that after The Mandalorian, all these old Star Wars actors are like, that paycheck's probably pretty big right now. Uh, and the other interesting thing is Hayden Christensen is signed on to be in almost every episode. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that means like we're going to get they I know that they've kind of talked about the timeline, but the timeline to me sounds like it's post Vader or like per, like Vader is now an entity. It's no longer yeah. Is um, what they've said so far is it's supposed to take place after Vader. And while Obi-Wan's in hiding. Yeah, so I don't understand how Hayden Christensen is going to be involved because he's not, like the actor, I'm not talking, yeah. like the actor himself doesn't make sense to me because he doesn't play Vader. He has no part uh, in being Darth Vader, so. I don't know. That's, that is going to be a weird one. That one kind of scares me a little bit, but I'm hopeful. We have an Ahsoka series live action um, I 
I liked her in Clone Wars. I just don't see her story arc going very far with that. Because mm-hmm. she was one of the main characters in Clone Wars leading up to Vader being Anakin become Vader. She made a few appearances in uh, Rebels, or not Rebels, the... Uh, yeah, I uh, think you're right, Rebels. Yeah, Rebels, yeah. Yeah. And then, and that was after Vader. Right. And then she made an appearance in Mandalorian just recently. Yeah, that's the one I didn't want to spoil. Cause yeah. She, she was in it. The only thing that, depending on where they go with that series, in the episode you also find out, and I don't think this is too much spoilers, She's searching for, um, gosh, I just lost his name. Blue dude, bad blue dude. Kron? Oh, um. Am I thinking Kron? I think that's Star No, Trek. it's, um, Admiral Thrawn. Yeah, Thrawn. Thrawn. That Thrawn is canon and is in that series. So if her series is going to be about her going after him, that could be kind of cool. That but that's be... the only thing I can think of. Yeah, but I mean, after that, I mean, after. I mean, how much of a story arc can you do with that? And how many seasons could you go with her trying to take on an admiral? Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. Is like My biggest fear with all the Star Wars content, don't get me wrong, I'm a Star Wars fan, and I want mm-hmm. to see it. Oh, yeah. I'm just worried that it's going to saturate it too much where now it's like they're really pushing for content that they shouldn't. Yeah. I'm not worried about the saturation. I'm more worried about the cohesiveness of it all. Yeah. Because at some point, something's going to... Because unless every writer is writing the same, uh, writing for the same show, some some writers are going to end up writing something that the other writers are going to go, oh, they did that, but we said this. Right, I agree with you. I think that's going to be a big problem. Yeah. I know. So we have Star Wars Rangers of the New Republic, and I believe that's going to be a cartoon. Um, I believe so. Um, I'm not too familiar with what that one's going to be. Um, the Rangers of the Old uh, the New Republic are is kind of like a Mandalorian type thing, right? Uh, with the actual Mandalorians and the, uh, being the bound, uh, kind of bounty hunters and stuff like that. Oh, that one is live action. Oh, is it? Yeah, Rangers oh, of the New Republic. Nice. Um, Lando series, which that's another one I'm worried about too, just because he's in charge of it in Cloud City. That's his entire story arc. Yeah. The, uh, in the Han Solo movie, they cover that. Like, hey, yeah, he's in charge of the, ci- of the city. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to do, like, I just don't know, like, a Lando series. If it's live action, are we going Old Man Lando? Or are we going Donald Glover Lando? Yeah. Like, and what are we going to do? Just him being Lando? Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I could hope for is, and it only last, it'd only be able to go, like, a season or two, is him getting the power and money to run Cloud City. Yeah. But other than that, uh, other than it running for like two seasons though. Yeah, and I feel like, I, I feel like a series like that is only going to be attractive to like fans like us who are like more interested on like deeper Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. So how would they make that like a appealing to like, you know, that casual fan, like the Mandalorian fans who are just throwing like that's the thing is they're not going to be able to with that. I yeah. Mean, it's, so it's either he's going, it's going to be a backstory of how he became ruler of Cloud City or what happened after the fall of the Empire. And either way, it's just going to be a casual, it's not going to be yeah. casual fans. I feel like it needs, and I don't think that that can be a, a long-term series. Like you said, I just don't see Lando being three, yeah. four plus seasons. 
Yeah, I think that uh, that one's pretty much a cash grab for the uh, people that love Lando because I mean Lando's one of the most powerful characters in Star Wars. Yeah. So. Uh, there's Andor. It's a spy thrill, spy thriller. Um, let's see. The role of rebel spy Cassian Andor from Rogue One will be joined by a fantastic new cast. So, kind of the same thing we saw in Rogue One, but just a little bit more flushed out. Interesting. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure how I feel about that one. The Acolyte. Um, they don't have a lot of information about that. Star Wars: The Bad Batch. So that I believe that's the animated one that follows like a group of clones who are like a, you know, a like a group that is yeah. more established. Yeah, there's there's that's the thing is now there's sizzle visions. A droid story. Oh yeah, shout out to the making Willow. I love that person. I'm actually hoping that it's actually they take the movie, redo it, and just turn it into a long TV series. Yeah. Because I think that's just gonna be fantastic. The, the movie itself was fantastic. I Yeah, Willow's so good. So So let's get back to we got we got off rail from passionate stuff. I wanna get back to Dark Prime Collectibles. Now we talked a little bit about what you carry. So, what's the backstory? Like, what made you decide to jump into doing this? Um, so, true, true story. We found out my wife was pregnant by, and like we didn't know. Okay. Um, she went in to the hospital to the ER room uh, of pains. Um, she was there for like three hours before I could get there. Okay. Because I was at work when she went in. Um, the entire time, the doctors aren't telling her anything. Everyone uh, not. Because they're like, oh yeah, it's probably just gallstones and whatnot. They're trying to figure out, get an x-ray machine set up so she, they could do that. And three hours later, I show up. Literally, as soon as I walk in the door, the doctor comes in and goes, oh yeah, by the way, you're pregnant, so we can't do x-rays. Oh, what? So we were just shocked. Um, at the time, I was working as a temp in the Fleet Force Center up in, uh, up in the Clayfield area. Yeah. Making very minimum wage. And uh, so we were living pretty rough and whatnot. So I actually was talking to a friend of mine one day, stressing out at stressing at the guy, and he was a reseller. He buy he, he did the whole storage drawer stuff and buying and reselling and whatnot. Yeah. And he actually recommended I do it. Okay. Um, I had a thousand. I, I was a nigga. I had a thousand dollars in my account and had only a dollar to my name. Wow. <laughs> in cash, um, and I was like, I'm a nerd. I don't see very many nerds around here. Like at that time, the only comic book shop I knew of up in that, that area had closed and closed down, mm. and it wasn't there for very long. So I was like, "Oh, there's nobody that wants to buy stuff like that." So I, I uh, started talking to him, and I found my first. I found an item that I was going to buy for myself, and then I was like, "You know what? This thing's actually pretty expensive, so I'll let him buy it." Uh, he actually told me to go buy it for the dollar that it was priced at. And he bought, then he bought it off me for uh, $25. Oh, awesome. Um, and then from that point on, I talked to my wife, and she's like, yeah, you know, let's take that $25 and go, go, let's try this out. So then I started buying video games and uh, toys and stuff like that and taking them up to the swap meet and uh, selling them up there every Sunday at the swap meet up in Riverdale. Right. So I uh, did that for about two years. I was doing really decent out there. And my dream, my dream job has always been to own my own business. So um, after about two years of doing that, me and my wife actually talked and we went, yeah, you know, we're doing really well. Let's go ahead and try to do the store. 
Um, that was six years ago. Wow. I mean, that's amazing to hear. Like, that's a true, like, for lack of better terms, like, rags to, like, riches and a, like, yeah. Like, you don't hear stories like mm-hmm. that. You were, so you were a negative thousand dollars. Yeah. You had a buck to your name. Mm-hmm. You had an opportunity to buy an item. You, yeah. Your friend told you to do it. He bought it from you and then you mm-hmm. just rolled with it. Yeah. Wow. Impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, congrats. I mean, you're living your dream. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is so much fun. I get to do what I love. I get to play games and toys and yeah. stuff like that. Like today, I spent my day playing with Legos. <laughs> I, I, love say, I should say Lego because it's not Legos. If you say Legos, people get mad. It's Lego? Yeah. Pl- plural, Lego is Lego. You learn something every day. You learn something every day. No, that's amazing because, I mean, so did it just turn to a point where, like, you were buying enough stuff that you could fill a whole entire store? Um, no, we started off as a... Uh, partial consignment, so mm-hmm. we were selling for other people. Um, in fact, seventy-five uh, percent of our store when we first opened was was consignment. Okay. Because uh, we had, as me and three other people were uh, went in together to open the first location. Um, everything was in my name. I just, you know, all my money went out to doing it all, and they just uh, paid me to sell their stuff. Wow. Um, as time went on, we actually started shrinking down their stuff and started selling more of our, buying more stuff and selling more stuff and of our own to where our store now takes, our, our store now takes up about 85% to 90% of our store. Wow. So we still do consignment, but not, not as much as we used to. That's crazy. I mean, that's, you know, I, 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 I really like to think that like, if people hear that story, like, don't ever not think you can't do it. I know, and that's why I, that's why I tell everybody the, that that story because like I know other resellers that literally will hide their information and tell saying, "Oh no, I don't do anything. I I actually uh, work at a, this job over here," and I'm just like, "Why hide it? Tell these people how to do it. Yeah, teach them. Teach them. I mean, there's you never know what you might fall into. Yeah. You might own your own business for six years now and. Yeah. Do what you love every day. Yeah. So truthfully, like me, I would rather I'd, I'd love to have like six other comic book shops up and toy shops up in my area, rather than not have, than just have it just be me and two other shops. Yeah. Because then more people are going as people go around to these other shops, they're going to shop around and go to every other shop. Yeah. I mean, I think that competition on those things is important because, like you said, you carry specific things. So when people need that specific thing, they're going to be like, Dark Prime, obviously. Yeah. Wow. Well, congratulations. I mean, I guess that's the best way to put it. I mean, that's, you don't hear a lot of stories like that very often, especially, you know, post 2010, you know, starting a business in 2010, especially a retail shop has, is kind of scary for a lot of people. And you were able to Mm -hmm. break down that barrier. That's awesome. Um, I, to kind of go into like living now in 2020 and 2021, how's COVID? Um, COVID's hurt us quite a bit, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I mean, it's hurt every business. Yeah. Um, what really hurt us was we, uh, we were doing, we started, uh, just started doing Magic the Gathering and D&D two years ago. Okay. Um, we hit our strive of being, of having a big turnout for like Magic the Gathering on a weekly basis and stuff like that, just as COVID hit. <laughs> oh. And then within like a two, uh, what was it? Uh, within three months of last year, they turned around and went, uh, like Wizards of Coast turned around and went, any in- uh, game store play is now uh, forbidden. If you get caught holding games, you're going to lose your permit to sell Magic the Gathering DD stuff. Right. So I was like, oh, cool. So I can't do <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can't do it. You can't get around that. No. 
So um, between that and the amount of people that have uh, not come, have said not to come in as much or uh, as often that would spend or buying certain things or buying a lot of stuff, uh, that's dwindled down quite a bit. It's starting to pick up though this year with uh, everybody being a little more careful and cautious and the fact that the vaccine's out now, yeah. a lot more people are able to get it. So, Has Wizards of the Coast announced like a soft return date or anything? They have not. They're doing it uh, based on a monthly basis. Okay. Um, so once uh, the numbers hit a, cer- a certain number that they're comfortable with letting people play again, then they'll say, yeah, go ahead and do it. But that's good because I do think like there would be. I mean, I know I, I played Magic the Gathering myself for a little while, um, pre like Commander style. I haven't done anything with that yet. Oh, Commander's a fun style. That's try it. that's what everyone tells me, and I want to get back into it. But when I started hearing about that, it was like mid pandemic, <laughs> so I hadn't I haven't been able yeah. to venture back. But you know, it, I guess I understand where they're coming from because yeah, you might be six feet apart from who you're playing. Mm-hmm. But like, there's not you're not gonna be able to host many games if everyone has to be six feet apart in yeah. you know a limited space. Yeah, last year Wizards of Coast tried to do a soft uh, re- uh, reopen of allowing games play that lasted all of two weeks until the numbers uh, tripled overnight in the entire mm-hmm. country, and they're like, "Yep, nope, we're going." Yep, going back to the more stricter rules. Um. So magic has been your, your, you do you carry any other? Do you carry Yu-Gi-Oh? Or um, we Pokemon? carry loose products for Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon. Um, we're working on getting Pokemon and stuff in though. Um, but in order to carry it, uh, you have to get approved by the Pokemon company. And in order to get approved, you have to either have uh, what they call a professor on staff or become a professor yourself. Professor is their term for judge. Interesting. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, I didn't know that either until <laughs> I was talking to some people and went in to try to do it, and I was like, oh, okay. So what goes into doing that? Is it like um, a... It's literally just taking a test and getting certain and getting a certain score on the test and getting and having certain qualifications and stuff like that. Um, I have most of the qualifications. I just need to take the test. But I need to figure out how to take the test. So, okay. So if you become a professor, does that mean that you can host, like, I can host premiere Pokemon, days yeah, and stuff? Premiere days, Pokemon events, and stuff like that. As long as they're not like Wizards of the Coast where they're forbidding it. But right now, most of those companies are saying no in-store gameplay. Right. Um, truly, I kind of want it so I can actually start getting some of the Pokemon product that the scalpers are going out and jack- buying and jacking up. Because I want to be able to get uh, have product for the like, kids and fam- families that want to come in and buy that stuff. You know what? So that was a topic that I really wanted to talk about is the Pokemon craze right now. And kind of where you sit on it. So, like, I had a conversation. For those who don't know, B. Burt in our Twitch chat is my fiance, And we have both been collecting Pokemon cards as of late. Well, I've been collecting on and off since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And when the craze started again, it was like that nostalgia trip of, like, oh, man, it's so cool. We were going and buying, like, some of the booster boxes and different things like that. And then, like, the McDonald's is going on right now. They're doing the... Yeah, McDonald's isn't doing it anymore. That was only like a two-day time span. Yeah. Because all the scalpers went out and bought them all up. I just, that kind of, I had a conversation with her, and I was like, she's like, oh, we should have went to McDonald's and got some. I'm like, you got to understand, though, like, that's for kids. Like, not, not, like, it's a kid's meal. And I get, like, nostalgia. Like, would I went and bought one if I could have? Yeah, probably. 
but the scalpers are starting to ruin oh, yeah. Pokemon. Uh, I mean, scalpers have always been a big problem in video games, card games, board games, I mean, everything. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is, like, the Pokemon cards that McDonald's had, they're coming out, but they're coming back out. Yeah. They're going to be inside boxes of cereal. Yeah. Um, to help celebrate the 25th anniversary. Uh, McDonald's was just able to negotiate a deal to where, hey, we wanted to be able to give out samples of these. That's why it was only a two-day event, and that's why scalpers went up and went crazy. And, like, I was watching videos of people spending $3,000 oh, going because, like, they were, they would go in and go, hey, I'm going to buy all these. And, like, oh, you have to buy your kids' meals. So they would literally spend $3,000 on kids' meals just to get I'm just like, dude. And McDonald's is over there. <laughs> we're the ones who are winning today. I, I just, the thing that I don't understand, too, is, like, you know, I know Magic the Gathering has a lot, a lot of money in mm-hmm. cards that are very valuable i'm not as versed in that aside from like every, you know everyone knows what the black lotus is yeah, and the one that just sold for five hundred thousand dollars <gasps> no i saw that and i was like i want to meet the guy who bought it because i just want to see how happy he is because you know that story right he probably played in the 90s went to college got filthy rich he's like Man, i really want to actually from what i've seen online the guy never touched magic in his life Oh, that's heartbreaking. I know. Why did he buy it? An investment? Yeah. Well, that makes it less fun. Oh, I know. I was hoping it was like some guy who, you know, grew up playing and then he went and became like a software genius or something like that and could just go drop 500k on like his childhood memories. (laughs) That's a bummer. But the thing that I don't understand about like this McDonald's 25 year promo is like, the reason why a lot of these cards are so expensive is because we can't find a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So I just don't know if scalpers realize that when you go and buy all of these cards out, I really don't think these are going to be worth any money because they're not going to be rare. So they are going to be rare as long as the scalpers are intelligent about it. So they go out and buy all of them up. They hold the market. Yeah, they hold the market and then they go, cool, here's one. How much are you going to pay for that one? $20. Okay, cool. Now here's another one. After that one sold. I just feel like, I, I guess what I mean though is like, scalpers are like the peak that I've ever seen it before. Oh yeah, they are. So it's going to be really hard. Like, I mean, I even knew friends who now have gotten into the Pokemon craze because of everything that's mm-hmm. going on. And they went and bought the cards. So I'm thinking like, they're not going to be in communication with anyone else. They're just going to try and start selling them. So I just feel like they're almost shooting themselves in the foot because... I mean, maybe in like five years, these cards, like everyone's like, oh, you remember the 25 year anniversary yeah. cards? Maybe they'll start popping so, up. But um, yeah, so like there's only one that's worth money right now and still only worth like 27 bucks. Which one's that? It's a holographic Pikachu and the, 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 that you can get from it. Okay. Because uh, there's only, what is it? It's like 16 cards in the entire set. Right. Uh, you get three per pa- pack when you open it. And you, one's a guaranteed foil and the others aren't. Right. So like the Pikachu foil uh, is going for like twenty seven bucks on eBay right now, and that's what everybody's trying to get is like, oh yeah, I'm going to spend three grand to get this and you know, hope that yeah you can pull a bunch of Pikachus. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, but I mean that's the thing with uh, most scalpers and most uh, people that buy it that are buying Pokemon, like Pokemon now is oh that Charizard in the set's going to be three hundred dollars. I have to go buy a, bo- a bunch of boxes so I can try and get that Charizard. Yeah. What they don't do do is they don't do the math. Right. Okay. The Charizard is not a guarantee. The Pikachu is not a guarantee. So you spend three grand and you get no Pikachu. How much money did you just make? Right. No, and on top of that too, like when we get those chase cards, 
there's usually not much else in the set that you're like super thrilled about. Yeah. I mean, it's just. I, mean, I don't know. I because what was the most recent one? The Champions Path. Yeah. Um, I bought a couple of those recently, and I ended up pulling one of the Charizard. I didn't pull a Charizard. Fifty dollars down the drain each time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, I'm torn on what I want to do because for me, it's just fun again. I'm like, yeah. open the packs. I'm like, man, I feel like I'm fucking. 15 again like going to the store with the small amount of paychecks i'm making from working and buying up cards and because i used to play pokemon too which a lot of these people pokemon's not popular to play much anymore no i mean there's a big market for the kids playing and stuff like that but nowadays adults are mainly like going out buying it to get that 300 charizard or the 150 dollars this card or 50 dollars that card and try to make money off of it because like, oh, I just spent 50 bucks, but I got this 25 I got this, these two $50 cards in it, so now I'm making a $50 profit. Right. But again, it's how long you're going to sit on it, how fast you're going to actually sell. Because the only people that are actually buying this are the parents of the kids that play. Yeah. Or, the, or the hardcore adults that actually still go to tournaments and play themselves. Yeah, which is a very small minority nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, was a, I sold one card like a couple years ago to a player, and all he wanted was like, he wanted his deck to look the best, so he wanted full arts of everything. And yeah. I was like, "Yeah, hey, I respect that. You gotta go yeah. for what you want." No, but like, um, like I had a guy bring in a collection of Pokemon cards a while ago. It was all cards from nineteen ninety three, uh, the nineties, uh, base mm-hmm. set, base set to fossil, right? In general, okay. It it sells as a complete collection for about four grand. I paid the guy two hundred bucks for it. Let's and, go. <laughs> well, that's because I told him I told him exactly how much it was worth. I told him how long I'm going to sit on it. This was a year ago that I bought it. Yeah, I'm still sitting on it because I don't want to separate it because people are going to buy the expensive cards that they want, and then you're going to be left with a, just a pile of cards yeah. that no one wants. So I want to sell the entire collection for all at once, but nobody wants to spend the four grand that it's worth. So yeah, I get that because I know that. PSA grading is really popular right now with that too, and mm-hmm. you know it's. I don't know. It's just a weird, a weird yeah. time for. So then, the, the next thing problem you have is you have this uh, problem like I was reading about earlier on Facebook, or actually just before I came here. Uh, the new Pokemon set came out today. Nobody has it, or not really. Mm. Every store, every gaming store got uh, jipped on how much they get, uh, ordered, and so like uh, there's a store here in, here in Utah. They were selling their boxes of Pokemon cards for 160 bucks. Oh, like the whole booster box for 160? That's yeah. really expensive for a drop day. Yeah. So I, does Pokemon realize what's going on, and they're trying to now make the cards more difficult to get to? No. Um, the problem is, is like right now, print all printers are having problems keeping up with stuff. Magic the Gathering is having the same issue with uh, trying to keep up with their with their demand of prints and stuff like that. So with that, that the companies themselves are having problems fulfilling their orders. Mm. And then the fact that you have the scalpers that go around and go, hey, I want all these big, big expensive stuff, so I'm going to go buy it. Like Champions Paths, every sort of carry, uh, had, had them for a while, but then every scalper goes, there you go. I've seen, again, seen videos of people literally standing in, in, at Target waiting and then as soon as the person comes out and puts 10 champion paths on, scoop all of them. Now, I didn't realize that Pokemon dropped a new line today. And that makes sense because where I work, where my office is at, 
is right next to Oasis Gaming. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar yeah. with them. And when I was walking in, I looked over because they share like the same lot, I guess. Mm -hmm. And there was a line out the door. And I was like, why is there people waiting for the door to open? And I thought like, oh, I wonder if something dropped today. I thought maybe Magic had a new drop or Pokemon, but I didn't realize. And there was probably, this was at 10. I don't know what time they opened. There was probably 15 people waiting. Yeah, they opened at about 11 o'clock or so. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking a game store that's kind of well-known for the mm -hmm. most part. I mean, Oasis Gaming is fairly oh, yeah. known, but there was 10 people waiting, 15 people waiting for them to open, and that's one person can buy up the whole inventory. Mm -hmm. So, it's just bad. Yeah. The thing is, is stores don't care, or most stores don't care if one person buys it or if 20 people buy it. No. I'm the, I'm the opposite. I'd rather have people be happy than, buy, than sell them as, as scalpers. So. I, I respect that too because I feel, you know, I when I go look for cards, I won't buy bulk because I'm like, what if a little eleven year old comes in here and he's like wanting a Champions Path pack because he sees it on TikTok or something? Mm -hmm. I want him to get it. Yeah, I don't want some guy who's like, I could get a thirteen hundred dollar Charizard. Like, I respect hustle. Don't get me wrong. Like, if your hustle is to go and do this, like. <laughs> you know, do you do you, but yeah. you definitely have to realize like the bigger impact that you're having. Mm -hmm. That's why, like, when the new magic set drops or anything else drops, that like I have DD guys that I either call up and go, "Hey, I'm getting four copies of this book with a special artwork. It's a it, for you guys. It's gonna be fifty bucks, and after that, it's gonna be about a hundred bucks for the book." When magic comes out, I call, I literally text like uh, tomorrow morning. I'm gonna be texting a bunch of people going, "Hey." This new set comes out on March thirteenth or March nineteenth. Who all wants one? And... Right. So, do you get? I guess this is more of like a back end question. So, when a new set's coming out, do you get limited on how much you can purchase, like day yes. one? Okay. So, like, you can't just be like, "Hey, I want to buy ten booster boxes." Yeah. No. So, uh, gaming companies like that actually do allocations based on. Performance of cells and gameplay, game and other things that happen in store like gameplay and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So, like uh, Wizards of the Coast uh, before the pandemic, actually, um, every time somebody would come in and play Magic the Gathering, I'd actually go I'd log onto a, onto a program, put it in, saying, "Today, fifteen people came in and played Magic." Okay, so you're actually keeping track of your statistics in hopes that you can yeah. get more. Mm -hmm. Didn't realize that. Yeah, Pokemon's the same way. Where yeah, every game, every game that's played there, every win and loss is is kept track of, so that way they can keep track of how many people and if it's worth uh, investing more product into your store. That's kind of cool. I actually didn't know that. So, for everyone who didn't know that, that's good information. I mean, because I know that Pokemon and Magic is very like when you go to a store to play. I knew that it was they keep track of like. How good you're doing like your win loss yeah. like different things like that i always thought that was just for personal like mm -hmm. you know because i know like in pokemon specifically if you get to a certain like win loss like you're doing really well you can actually get invited yeah to go play in like league play magic's the same way okay uh, but yeah so the other the uh keep track of how many people play in store how often they play how many how often you get new players all goes into how much stuff you can actually order on day one oh, that's cool um uh, that's why 
I've always said you support your, you should support your local game stores because if you really want to get access to like Pokemon, if you want access to support the Pokemon stuff that the scalpers are going out and buying, you know your your, your local game store should be your first stop to playing, buying stuff like that because that's all stuff that the game stores report back and go, hey, we just sold uh, on day one, sold 30, 30 boxes of, of the new Pokemon set. We had thirty. We had four hundred people here playing Pokemon. Now, now the next time they go order, they can go. Oh, you guys can order now fifty of these boxes. Right. So, <clears throat> take that advice, everyone. If you really are into Magic, Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh, even, and mm -hmm. you want, and you're like, man, I wish my store carried more product. Tell your friends to start going. Yeah. Get everyone there and just play. Like, is it is it based off like a monthly thing? So like. Um. So yeah. So it's based off of every month uh, or every day. We, we uh, the stores report them, and then when the new sets come out, they look at the previous months worth of gameplay mm. and our previous few months worth of gameplays and sees uh, how many uh, people buy, play, and buy, and stuff like that. Um, and then, like, Wizards of the Coast now is actually asking how many boxes you sold on day one. Oh, wow, interesting. Of Magic the Gathering. So, every time a new set is released. Um, after the pre, what they call pre-release weekend, which is uh, the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday before the actual release of the, mm -hmm. of the thing, they send me an email going, "How many boxes did you get? How many did you sell? How many people will play? How many people this?" How many... And then that is where they base off of like. Um, it's starting to yeah. Interesting, is that on your like back end? Is that like a highly competitive thing with other stores, or is it kind of like a mutual like? So. Depends on the people. Um, like up where I'm at, we have a total of four, uh, three other gaming stores besides my besides mine that sell, that do the whole tabletop gaming stuff. Uh, me and two of, two of the others actually are really great friends. We talk we, we talk with each other. One of them actually, or two of them have uh, given me advice and helped me out and stuff like that. Um, the other one, not so much. <laughs> He's a little more competitive and stuff like that. Um, I've talked. Um, actually. Sorry, there's four other games for us too because I fight like Game Grid and Game Den, so that's five. Yeah. Um, game Den out there, I've not talked to the owners of that one. Game Grid, I've talked to the owners of. They're really nice and friendly. They've even sat down and given me advice. Oh, awesome. Um, so, so most of us are actually really cultural with each other and help each other out, send people to each other all the time. There's only like two of us that two uh, two stores that any of us actually have problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would think too, like you'd want to be on good terms with everyone because mm -hmm. like you know your customer base might all know each other so yeah. like if your customer customer base starts talking bad about one store because of whatever goes through the grapevine yeah. you want to be the one store that they're talking good about um, and that's why i've always reached out to my uh, fellow uh, store owners up there um like there's two other game stores that sell video games right for the vintage and retro video games yeah i know both of them i know both the owners i know i've hung out with one of them personally several times i talk to them on a regular basis and we send each other people all the time I call up, call up when I have customers asking for your stuff, but I don't have it. Right. I mean, that's. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, there's another, uh, and then the Lego stuff. I, there's another Lego store up there. Uh, I send people to his store, but me and him are not on good terms. I'm not going to lie. No? Uh -huh. uh, as far as the, I, it comes across to me, like, I'd love to be able to talk to him and hang out with him and stuff like that and whatnot, but he's usually standoffish when, I come, when I'm trying to talk to him. Hmm. But. He's still a nice guy, in my opinion, and I I'd still support his store and send people to him. Competition's a weird thing. A lot of people can flourish in it and be positive, and a lot of people, it stresses them out, and they just feel like anyone's trying to take their money, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. I see that a lot with like networking stuff that I do. Is like 
everyone always says the best form of it is like being cooperative with your competition, like being friends with your competition. Because like, yeah. like you said, like what if someone comes in and they don't, you don't have the one specific item that they're looking for, but you know, down the street, someone else does, you go give them business and you're like, oh wow, return the favor. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of like, if you don't have that one item, but you know this dude who's been kind of an asshole does, probably not going to send them over. Oh yeah. You know? So it's definitely, I think you're playing your cards right on that, Phil, because mm-hmm. why burn bridges that don't need to be burned? Oh yeah. No, and I actually wanted to, like, for Magic the Gathering and Pokemon, when I when they actually are able to do, like, sort of gameplays and all that stuff, I actually wanted to set up uh, multi-store tournaments where we get, like, teams from each store together and we go, hey, let's see who store has the best. I like that a lot. That'd be fun to be a part of because, mm-hmm. like, that could just be, like, some wholesome, like, store versus store competition. Like, who who's your top guy? Yeah. How does he stack up? Like, I mean, I imagine you guys could do, like, prizes, too. Like, Oh, yeah. No, because, like, I've thought about it. You go do the whole kind of round-robin type tournament, have it be a multi-week, monthly tournament, or a multi-month tournament kind of thing, where they bounce from store to store playing. That way each store gets the advertisement of, hey, you know, this week we're doing this and hosting a tournament here. Yeah, that would be fun. Because, yeah, that would be great because when you're hosting a tournament, right, I imagine a lot of the money you make is off of stuff that you sell. Mm-hmm. On top of that, like if you do like yeah. food and drinks and different things like that, like you're on to something with that. Has any, have you reached out to any other stores? Uh, not yet, because with the oh, store right. play kind of banned right now, it's kind of hard to do. Right. Um, so I'm hoping as soon as the store, uh, I'm actually hoping it gets lifted soon, so I can actually talk to them beforehand and be like, hey, right. Because like with Wizards of the Coast, uh, we get acknowledged. Uh, we're probably uh, we got told about a month and a half advance before. The previous soft uh, opening of gameplay last year, right? But that lasted all two weeks, so I'm hoping we get about another month or two uh, heads up, so I can actually talk to them. We can try to set it up and whatnot. I, I'm curious too what your returns going to look like because I feel like uh, the people who are in my circles that are into Magic or Pokemon, they've been fiending. They want to get back in there, so I'm curious how big of a spike you're going to get that first yeah. announcement of like, hey. It's back. Mm-hmm. That, that's going to be super exciting. Yeah. I think it's going to be really exciting, especially considering they're talking about getting rid of paper standard. Can you explain that? So standard play is the main play of, turn, of Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. And Wizards of the Coast has determined that they actually make more money and better turnouts on the uh, Magic Arena game, uh, app and uh, download game that you can get on the computer. Yeah. Than they do on paper turnouts of in-store turn, uh, tournaments. Oh. So they're going. Uh, they're going to uh, t- talking about making it where you actually just play on arena for paper for like Friday Night Magic is going to be going strictly uh, digital, and the tournaments are going to go strictly di- digital too. Is what they're talking about doing. Really. Yeah. How does that look for cards then? Um, cards will still be fine because you still have your commander players, your modern, your pioneer, your popper. Your legacy, your vintage, because I mean, there's still like seven other, seven, eight other formats out there that right. use paper that Wizards isn't going to touch with the for the digital format because that'll just be too much work of impl- uh, implanting. Because like uh, vintage is every card tr- uh, from the original right. in the game. Legacies uh, just as far back. Commander is actually every card, uh, every set in the ever released with a small ban list. So it'd be hard to like manage yeah. that on a 
system. Well, that and it'd be hard. It'd be people going, "Hey, you know, I just I have these like ninety thousand cards. Now you want me to go play on here?" Right. That would be. Which means they have to rebuy all those cards and you get them all and whatnot. Might be beneficial for Wizards of the Coast financially, but I feel like that yeah. would piss off a lot of people. So is standard is standard kind of like the main one that like if I were to go play at a store for like points? Uh, that's that's what most stores uh, that's what the point most tournaments are based off of is standard. Um, Commander is the second most played format right. now. Uh, being uh, a format that was made up by board people. That is what I've heard. So I, I kind of had Commander explained to me. But like I said, I when I found out about it, I was mid-COVID, so I yeah. haven't been able to go and actually play. So Commander is a really good format. I love. I um, I learned Standard, and then I learned Commander all on the same day, and I much preferred Commander over Standard. Okay. Um, the fact that you have uh, hundred card decks. Everybody has a hundred card deck, so it's not a hey. That person has a sixty card deck, and that person has a forty card deck, and this person has a hundred card deck. Right. Everybody has the exact same amount of cards, and you're limited to what you can put into your decks based on what your commander colors are. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also limited down to one copy of each card instead of four copies, unless it's unless the cards say otherwise. So it's just so much more fun and so much more. Uh, even in a casual format, you can still make it competitively. Right. To where it's fun, but not overpowered. Everybody's overpowered. Right. That's always the fear is, you know, because I the kid that I was talking to who plays, he was building like a, it was like a control artifact deck. Mm-hmm. And he's all like, people don't like playing against me because I just, I make it so their cards can't do anything. And I'm like, that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> yeah. So the the fun part about Commander is control decks do work, but not as work uh, not as well as they do in like a modern deck or a standard deck. Mm, gotcha. Because with those you have you can have four copies of every card that controls the game, and and Commander you have one copy of that card that controls the game. So you have to have like eight different versions of that card instead. Of... See, when I was playing, I was being, I was abusing the Slither meta when that was like slivers. Yeah, slivers. That. Was... <laughs> I was playing when that meta was at the peak, and that was oh, it's still at the peak. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. That's the thing is like if you if you build your deck properly with slivers, it's and and the fact that some of the cards that they just came out with just make it even better. Really? Yeah. That's good news because like when I stopped playing the next, I don't know the terminology. The next expansion. Next that yeah. Kind of did away with them because a lot of people were like kind of tired of playing against them. So I, I'm glad to hear that they're back. Cause it was... Yeah, so uh, about a year and a half, uh, half ago, they released a set that had a few slivers. Um, they haven't really done any other slivers since then, but they've released cards that make the sliver decks just so much better. Mm. Um, it's actually one of my decks that I run. Yeah? Oh. It's just, I don't know, there was something about it, because I did like a mass, like I would just try and mass. Yeah. And it would just get out of hand if I pulled the right card. Yeah, um, and that's the thing is like, with cards that they come out with, it's just so much easier to mass now. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I just redid my deck because I got tired of doing the combo, but I had my a combo in my silver deck that allowed me to play my silvers for free. What? Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be so... If you got that like first draw, that'd be... Yeah. That's a win, right? I mean, um, so... It, took, it required about eight mana to do it, but yeah, I mean, my deck was set up to where by turn five, I had enough mana and I had the seven hand to do it. 
<laughs> so by turn by turn six and just dropping sliver and whatnot, um, then like they uh, the one sliver that came out with like a year and a half ago was called first sliver, which gave him cascade. Really? Yeah. So it's literally, hey, I'm casting this sliver. Now I'm going to reveal cards until I reveal another non-man per eye spell, and I get cast that for free. And when your entire deck's nothing but slivers for the most part, it's just like, yeah, sliver, sliver, sliver. Oh my god! Because <laughs> when I that was my favorite part is like, I wish I still had my deck because I would just show you. It, it was literally a deck where like, if I got the right card, it just turned into the next turn i have seven on the field and it's just it's yeah. it's over like yeah you can't stop um my record right now in one turn is getting 35 slivers on the <laughs> for those of you who don't know magic that is a lot that is a that was that in commander yeah so that's a third of your deck oh my god that's so awesome i'm gonna have to come back when you you have my information now. When you yes. get a release date, I'm coming back. Okay. Now, but this goes into my next question that I wanted to talk to you about because I got told, well, I think I actually found out on your website that you do D&D. Yes. Okay. I have been dying to jump into D&D for, you can ask my chat, since I started doing streaming and podcasting. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had an aspiration of potentially streaming uh, so yes, uh, me and a group that uh, uh, about two years ago, uh, we're actually talking about doing uh, streaming. We actually streamed one episode of our D and D game, and then half our group decided that they couldn't do it anymore because um, we were hiring somebody to come in and do the sound engineering and stuff like that. And it was only a hundred dollars a session, so it's going to be bad. yeah, so it's going to be four dollars a month that we were have to pay them. And we were trying to split it evenly between everybody, and it was like, yeah, we can't do it. We're, we're struggling right now and all that. So it was like, okay, cool. Um, we've actually been talking about setting up a room in the store now that uh, with the revamps that we've done to actually set up a streaming room for doing Magic and D&D. That would be pretty awesome. Um, we actually also want to do like a nerd, bar, a nerd card cast type of thing like this and other things like mm-hmm. that too. So... Well, I would like to extend all a branch and be helpful in that because I have, for a long time now, wanted to break into D and D and start streaming it, and having it be like a kind of like you said, like a once a month, like mm-hmm. get everyone together and push out a campaign for the evening. Yeah. You know, do like however many hours we could go, and then you know whatever we wanted to do, like a long form mm-hmm. campaign or like a new one each week or each month or whatever it is. Um, cause like I watched, do you watch any D and D? I do watch quite a few of them actually. Yeah. So I, I got put on D and D really hard by Heroes and Halfwits. Mm-hmm. They're the Rooster Teeth one. Yeah. And then they have like branched off shows that were really good. And yeah. then obviously Dan Harmon's is yeah. top quality. Oh yeah. Um, I would love to be able to get into a situation where I was doing something like that, but here's the problem. I've never played. Never? Never played. Well, we're going to have to change that. I have, I've had one opportunity to go and play, and I was super excited. And when I got there, we were waiting for our DM to show up, and he was like, hey, I'm running a little late. Three hours later, hey, I can't make it. And no one else had DM experience. So I've been actually trying to learn how to DM to start my own group, but 
Yeah. If I had to explain how hard it is to get like to become a DM without ever doing it, I would recommend playing first. Yeah. And learning the basics and then going to that because uh, when I learned to play D and D, I thought about going, I was like, you know, I I after my first session, I was like, you know, I want to DM. Yeah. And that, as, I was like talking to people and I was like, oh, it's actually harder than DM. Yeah, and that's what I'm starting to find out is like, you're you really have to be able to commit like hours and hours and hours to. A campaign like figuring out what you need to do how to like make things interact like yeah. it's not just plug and play no it's figuring out how to make the uh the story arc of it trying to figure out how your characters your players are going to uh, screw screw up your eyes uh, or your plan that you're doing right because no character is ever going to go hey yeah let's go ahead and do this thing that the dm wants us to do <laughs> right and i heard that bards are the worst yeah uh well because <laughs> you always the bard player always tries to mess things up I don't know. I had um, I have a sorcerer warlock that likes to uh, mess things up in my games. See, I I just I want to do like I want to I want to find a group that is like semi serious, meaning like they want to play D and D, they want to like push the story, but I also want it to be like we're pretty much role playing our characters. Yeah. To me, that's what sounds really fun. Like, I want to be like a chaotic, evil like character and just, you know, be a dick. Yeah. Black words. <laughs> that's what I want so, to do. So I'm going to tell you right now, most play, most players and DMs won't allow you to be chaotic evil. Okay. Well, or chaotic evil, chaotic control are the two uh, archetypes that are usually uh, off limits on playing. Fair. Uh, just because chaotic evil usually mess really messes up the game mm. and makes it no fun for the DM or the players. Right. And chaotic neutral is a very hard one to do, because you have to be like, yeah, I'm gonna do this really crazy thing, but you know, it's just for, it's just for the fun of it, not yeah, not because I'm evil, not because I'm good. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, whatever the play is, I just yeah. want to be able to like really immerse myself in a character that is fun. Yeah. Um, so luckily here in Utah, we have one of the biggest groups I've ever seen for D and D. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, so we have Adventure League, which is the ones that do all the. Uh, Conventions and uh, no, not yeah. And Adventure League is the play that you can literally build a character here in Utah and then go over to Japan and play the same character. What? Yeah, it is deemed professional play for D for D and D by Wizards of the Coast. That's pretty cool. I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, you can actually uh, create an account on Wizards and items and stuff like that. So that way, if you go to a convention down in Florida, they can you can go. Yeah, you know what? This is. It's on the trust system, but they can, if they don't trust that you have all that stuff, pull it up and be like, oh, okay, yeah, you do have it. Okay, that, I didn't realize they had stuff like that. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> uh, like, I didn't know that either until I actually learned to play D&D. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was kind of, I always thought your character was just kind of like sectioned to like whatever. Two books and that's it. Whereas like, there's, I think there are up to seven books now okay. that have character building stuff. So you have to use only two of them. And I think like, at least at one point, one at least one of the books was off limits for Adventure League. So you're like, out of the six game books, you're limited to five, and you can only use two of them actually. Interesting. So what? Okay, let's let's talk like an actual plan. If you wanted to team up and maybe do like a stream, like start a stream for D and D, would you want to do it more in that Adventure League where we could have? Or no, I would rather do homebrew because I I love the homebrew stuff where you, that gives. The players the more advantage of the of designing the characters the way they want to play it, right? Not just by strict rules. 
Um, and plus with that, it allows the characters to be a little more free-flowing, mm-hmm. and the DMs to be a little more free-flowing, and so, okay, for, this book says we do this, and then... Right, where, so it turns into more creativity versus, yeah. like, like a arrow that you've got to kind of follow. Yeah. Because it also makes the DM, ha- if you do the free play or homebrew stuff, it allows the it makes the DM and allows the DM to be more free flowing with the ideas of the story. Because like I I just got done DMing my for my second campaign uh, earlier this year or mm-hmm. no uh, late last year, and uh, I literally went into that campaign with an idea, and within four sessions of the game of the game, my idea was shot down. <laughs> So I had to, so like right off the bat, right after that fourth session, I was like, yeah, um, yeah, this is what we're doing. Yeah, what do you guys want? <laughs> That's so, I love it. So do you sell dice and different things like we that? We sell dice, miniatures, books, stuff like that. Um, we usually have DM screens, but uh, we don't carry too many of those because most DMs that are DMing have them or somebody usually has them. So the DM screens are kind of a redundant thing to carry around for the most part. Um, and then like I had a DM that didn't use a DM screen. He used his laptop to keep track of everything and... That's impressive. Cause yeah. that's, when I was looking into it, like DM screens, like they say, like if you don't have one, it's really difficult. Yeah, no, he had everything on his on his laptop and books and all that. So he was like, yeah, okay. Listen, everyone who is either watching live or on all the other services, if you want to see this, please let me know. Because yeah, I mean, I'm I'm down to do it. Yeah, I've been I'm, wanting to do a streaming for like several years now. And I'm I'm definitely not an audio engineer by any stretch or a sound engineer. Yeah. But I think with enough brains setting up, like enough people working together, mm-hmm. and you having a dedicated room, I feel like we could get something that would look pretty great. Oh yeah. You know, visually and I think the sound. Because I I use Yeti and mm-hmm. Yeti has like pretty good sound for room collective yeah um, and then that actually we used a yeti for uh, recording purposes for a dm game uh, set, uh, a couple sessions that i was actually be, uh, playing in uh, just before the pandemic hit okay yeah and we actually recorded those and they actually turned out really well so yeah and that i really think that you know i don't think we would need to hire anyone because mm-hmm. no as long as we get everything set up and actually sound decent it's because, see, the thing that I have, too, is I have, I'm sorry, I just want to make sure that there's nothing wrong. Oh, okay. Um, I have people who text me while the show's going just to make sure stuff is sounding proper still. Um, I have a group of people who have come on where the conversation gets to D&D, and they're like, man, I would play. So that could also be a potential benefit is having, you know, other guests come in when mm-hmm. either regulars can't show up or maybe we just want to add another person because that could be, you know, someone who on the business side comes in, buys dice, miniatures, different things oh, like yeah. that, but then also bringing in different mm-hmm. perspectives for the stream so people can get to know new oh, people. Yeah. So, yeah, that's an aspect we've always wanted to do and just need to find the time and the money and the ways to set it up. Yeah. Well, we can start brainstorming because I really want to do that. Okay. Um, now, as far as like your business goes, do you do you have? I guess this is an interesting question, but do you have employees? Do you have like? So it's just me. Just you. Yeah. My wife works uh, helps out every once in a while when she's not working her job. Mm-hmm. Because um, we thought about having her quit and help out and just work the store full time with me, but she actually likes her job, so I was just like, screw it. Oh, well, that's yeah. She likes what she does. Yeah. 
Um, then we have a few people that actually volunteer and help out every once in a while at the store. Um, we were on the verge of hiring people until the pandemic, of course. Um, and then even with that, we're, uh, we actually looked good. Uh, to, whereas this year, if everything goes on track, we should be able to hire somebody this year. Awesome. Unless they hire, raise the minimum wage. Yeah, then that kind of turns into yeah. you're probably going to have to stick with volunteers. and Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that would be an awesome job for someone who's either looking for, like, either a part-time gig or, like, you know, something that could maybe learn the tools of the trade to open their own thing. Cause oh, yeah. like, but with the, the minima, minimum wage goes up to 15, that's going to be yeah hard to manage. Mm-hmm. That's a debate I've been having with a lot of people lately. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, it's... I don't want to talk about yeah, no. politics right now, but yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying. That'd be hard to mm-hmm. have employees on staff and have to pay them 15 bucks an hour. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's probably what I'd be paying them anyway, but being forced to pay them and then deeming myself as having to pay that myself too, that's where the problem lies. Yeah. Whereas right now I can just say, yeah, I pay myself 200 bucks a month, uh, a week, and then I pay this guy. Right. Right. No, I mean, that... So do you, now you're the whole business owner. You don't yeah. have any like. Nope, no partners, no nothing. It's just me. I'm telling you guys listening how impressive that actually is because you're like, you know, rent's not cheap where we live. No. You know, I don't care where, what part of Utah you live in, you're paying a good chunk of change for rent. Mm-hmm. And to be able to do what you love doing and have a retail store and still come out on top like. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's. You don't hear those stories much anymore. No, yeah. and it's thanks to uh, other business people I've, not, I've met and I talked with while doing this is giving me advice has actually helped out a lot too. Yeah. So let me shout out Morgan. Yes, Morgan. I know you're probably listening, or you will listen. Good guy. Go check him out. Next level humans, Monarch Social. Um, I guess like the final couple of questions that I have for you is like. Because we, we kind of covered everything yeah. we wanted to cover just in a roundabout way. In your eyes, like, let's say 2021 is goes exactly how you want it to go, mm-hmm. right? Like, everything opens back up. You can start hosting again. You can start bringing in Pokemon, you know, tournaments, magic, and all that. What would you want, like, what would be your next big step? Like, aside from, like, in a new employee, would you actually ever want to open a second location? Um, or? Actually, we've, we've actually thought about that. Um, before we open up a second location, there's actually another aspect uh, that I would actually like to add on to my business, and that's actually a cafe or a like coffee shop kind of thing. Yeah, uh, we would actually want to we actually want to get into a location where we can actually have a nerd cafe, nerd shop, a coffee shop, or uh, just like a, a bagel shop or food shop kind of thing. Just, yeah, and just have it just nerdy themed with. All kinds of stuff where I have a professional chef friend of mine that's actually offered to help me with the menu and how to make everything and whatnot that right there would be killer because I I only know one other place that is doing something similar to that um, which is the game haven here in bountiful they but it's different because they it's and it's super confusing when I found it out battleground coffee is in game haven mm-hmm. but they're two separate entities but they will like you can like order from like a employee. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, really interesting stuff. But yeah, I know Oasis has a coffee area, but I don't think it's ever open. Yeah, I don't it was think never so open either. there when I was there. 
No, I think that would be awesome because especially if you could cater like two specific items that would be like fun for someone who's there. Like if you could make like a magic bagel somehow, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. like have it either be printed or whatever. Like yeah. I think stuff like that would be really cool. And I love, personally, I'm a coffee drinker. So if I'm going to go do like a night of magic or whatever it might be, a long night of D&D, &D, if I could go and mm -hmm. drink two coffees while I'm there, easy. Yeah, so that's that's the next big thing we want to do with the with the store, and then after that, and that's up and running and being successful. Then yeah, we actually want to do a second location after uh, somewhere. That's awesome. Um, I've seen other stores and stuff like that that I thought about taking like snagging ideas from and having and being something similar, uh, doing something similar to some of the other stores. But at the same time, I look at how they're doing and I don't see it working very well. No, because like there's a, sh a gaming shop. Uh, in another state that has actually set up rooms in their store for rent where people actually move in live there and stuff like that wait okay hold on so run that back so they have rooms like like almost like an apartment yeah. type room that you could rent that's yeah. in their store like yeah like are we talking like I walk in right and here's all the product and then there's just separate room yeah like are you on the same floor mm-hmm interesting yeah, and then like, uh, like in the same place there's also like showers so if you get like if you just get off work and you want to go play some magic or D, &D or something like that and you uh, don't have time to go home and shower you can go shower there i mean i don't hate that idea yeah um i mean that's a decent idea but just like threw me off when i first saw it and then like half his half the guy's store is actually a convenience store like set up so it was like okay that's i mean that's i could see the benefit yeah, he's trying to set it up, and in his words, is the same way like, if you go to Japan, you can you have a grocery store, you have like your convenience store, which is your grocery store, you have apartments like right there next with it, and I think it's like just one building type thing. I can see his vision, yeah. right? And I don't think that that's necessarily bad. No, I just don't see it working out as much as he wants it to. No, because like he just he just uh, started doing um, allowing people to franchise it out. And I don't see it franchising out very well. No. It, the reason why I don't see that being, I mean, depending where the state is, right? Because, like, if you go, like, East Coast, it's still, there's still areas that will have, like, a a Jimmy John's on the bottom floor. And mm -hmm. then up top is all apartments. Yeah. Like, that's kind of common. Yeah. But... And that's that's actually being more common up in the Clarefield area, too, is they're doing more and more buildings that way. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind doing a building like that and owning a building like that. or Sure. Like that. But, like, having it inside the store. No, that... There's definitely, like, I know that that's relevant in Japan, but mm -hmm. culturally here, yeah. I don't know. Unless the rent was, like, very cheap, I don't personally know anyone that would want to share, like, my living quarters with a running business. Yeah. You know? Unless it was one of those situations where it's like, hey, you rent this out for 200 bucks a month. You can live here, sleep here, do all that. Like, yeah. that might actually be really nice for a lot of people who are struggling right now, mm -hmm. but... Yeah, my only concern would be about with all that is that one person that wakes up in the middle of the night while you're running a late night D and D game or Magic the Gathering game, and you walk out of their apartment because they're and they're their underwear or something like that. Right. Like, oh, what's up, fellas? <laughs> yeah. I guess another question I wanted to ask, and this is more of like a like a broad cultural question. You know, we we as nerds know that. And especially for a long time, it was a lot of 
it was mostly men, right? Like mm-hmm. magic is pretty men focused. Oh, yeah. Have you seen any? Have you seen the scales start to tip? Because I know in gaming, which I'm pretty involved in gaming, mm-hmm. women are huge in gaming right now. Like gaming has become super. So, so like the t- um, back when they were doing paper magic tournaments and whatnot. Uh, three of the top five, uh, no, top ten uh, players were women. Wow. Um, two of which were in the top five. Which I don't think has ever been. No. Um, Pokemon-wise, it's, it's almost the exact same thing. I mean, some of the top players are women. Hmm. Um, so the women are actually taking over the gaming industry and in aspects of coming in, showing up the guys, and like, yeah, no, I can do this, and I can do it better than you. The reason why I ask that is I've, I've noticed that and it's super exciting because for a long time, like, you know, you grew up gaming and mm-hmm. being involved in you oh, know, yeah. card games. and It was always mostly men, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. But in the past couple of years, I've definitely noticed, like, Pokemon specifically, Magic a little bit, and yeah. gaming a lot, that we're finally starting to get to the point where it's everyone's kind of conversing. Oh yeah. So I'm cur- I was curious to see if, like, you've noticed that. Uh, yeah, I've, no- I've noticed it, and I'm actually really happy about it. Um, I've actually talked to several women about it I and mean, what's made them be more out and upfront about gaming and stuff like that. And it's actually the fact that there's now more people talking up about the different things that go on with the female gamers. Yeah. And like, I've actually put rules in my play- place that if any female gamer or even just a female customer comes in and feels uncomfortable, I, I'm kicking out my customers. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's super important because... I think too now that like gaming, magic, Pokemon, all these D and D, it's now super culturally accepted. Right? Oh, yeah. Because I remember like when I was a young gamer, I didn't tell people I was a gamer. No. You would get bullied. Oh yeah. Like I watch anime. If I told people I watched anime growing up, yeah. not a good outcome. Yeah. You know now everyone's about it, so it's cool to mm-hmm. finally start seeing like oh, yeah. more people who love doing it finally going out and doing it. Yeah, no, I mean, back when I was in school, I was the tallest kid in the grade and stuff like that, and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're really a class bully, huh? I was like, no, I like anime. Oh, you like anime? Yeah, we're going to beat you up. <laughs> right. Uh, do, you, do you follow anime now? Oh, yeah. I'm a big anime fan. Oh, let's go. I know, let's see what time we're at before we get into the anime talk, because anime can, we can talk about anime for a while. Oh, yes. Um, hour and 38? That's actually, damn flies mm-hmm. let's do you want to shoot for two yeah okay let's shoot for two um i actually do an anime podcast as well and uh that's going live tomorrow at 5 30 which is going to be a good time so what the question i always ask people when we get in the anime world what got you into it um truthfully the artwork oh I like that. I don't um, hear that often. So, like, I mean, as a kid, you watch cartoons, of course, because that's what you're drawn to, because you, uh, you prefer the colorful things and the action of that and whatnot. Um, as I got older and I still kept watching cartoons and, 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 so, and the anime and stuff like that, there's more of the artwork than anything else, because watching the, like, especially Japanese animation was so much prettier and better looking than the U.S. animation oh, that I did. Way better. So... So as time went on, I started watching more and more animes just to see their artwork, and then I was like, oh, oh yeah, there's actually a storyline for this. Right. No, I, I agree with you. So I, um, like I said with gaming, like my dad was a gamer. Mm-hmm. He was also like lightly into anime. So I remember like growing up, like watching 
the first one, like a lot of people my age, like Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah. Everyone watches Dragon Ball Z. But what really put me into, like, loving anime? Cowboy Bebop. I think that was the first show I watched where I was like, oh, anime is, like, a big deal. <laughs> you yeah. Because it just, like, it's so, for that, for anyone who hasn't seen Cowboy Bebop, I recommend that one even if you don't. Oh, yeah. If you are into anime, because it's so, it's awesome. But it was, like, the first show I watched where I'm like, this is cool as hell. Like, mm-hmm. the story, the characters, like, everyone is cool. Like, if you were to think of, like, who is cool, it's all the characters oh, yeah, in Cowboy Bebop. Spike in that series was awesome. Yeah. Plus, Ayn is. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I have wanted a Corgi my whole life because of Ayn. But that's a different fact. So, are you, do you watch, are you up to date with, like, current anime? Um, so, I don't watch as much anime as I'd like to with me or my business and stuff like that. Um, I've been listening to anime as I play with Legos lately, mm-hmm. um, but that, that's the first time I've uh, I watched five different animes in the past month by binge watch, listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> Not been actually able to watch it too much, um, but I've been on a kick of watching the video game based animes. Okay, so like uh, Sword Art and... Uh, so like Sword Art Online is the one that got me on it, mm-hmm. uh, but I've been watching a lot of the other, uh, like those like, uh, what is it, uh, Defensive... God, I can't remember all of it because it's like a really long title. It's like 30 words or something like that. Um, but it's about a girl that plays a, a, a game kind of like sort of online where she just maxes out her defense. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and just watching it, it was like, or listening to it, it was like, it's like hilarious listening to. So I'd have to flip over every once in a while and watch it and go, oh yeah, no, I'm working. <laughs> right. Uh, chat says, yo, OMG anime, I watched Ben 10. Yo, I know that you're joking, but Ben 10's kind of dope. It so, was dope when I watched so, it. So, the original Ben 10 series was awesome. Yeah. The sequel series to it was great. Everything afterwards, I absolutely did not like. I didn't know that they made anything after the sequel series. Yeah, so there was like five or six different Ben 10s. Oh, see, I had never got that deep. I watched the original when it was coming out, and then I watched the follow-up sequel series, yeah. and then I yeah, fell out of Yeah, there's like five or ten Ben 10 series, and they all, they're chronological, so they're all part of the same show. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, leading up to Ben being an adult, or not really adult, but like a teen, uh, almost adult's age. Interesting. Um, but, like, the artwork, the artwork on it gets horrible after a while. Because that's the reason why I thought Ben 10 was cool, is, like, the artwork for being an American cartoon yeah. was actually pretty solid. Yeah, like, like they tried to go massively childish with one of the Ben 10 cartoons. You know, I, I see that trend a lot, and I don't get it. Like, yeah, you know, because I grew up, watching like when we're talking like cartoon cartoons like Ed and Eddie Courage you know Dexter's Lab all those different types of shows and I don't know when the switch happened but they've made these cartoons here in America like seem super super childish for some reason no like so that kind of puts me older than you because I grew up watching Thundercats (laughs) hey Thundercats is I've watched a lot of Thundercats I'm 26 I'm 34 okay so yeah we definitely I'm actually 35 tomorrow Oh, hey! Happy early birthday! Thank you. But yeah, no. Um, but yeah, like um, when they did the remake of the the second remake of the Thundercats, I was actually excited about it because I was like, "Cool, you know, they're going to do another Thundercats." I I like the first one. The second one was actually very decent. And then they came out with that one, and it was like all it looked like a child drew it. Yeah. And I was just like, "Nope, I can't watch this." Well, in the original Thundercats, drawing and all of its animation is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very like 
Because like there was definitely that like He Man aesthetic for Thundercats, but not as over the top. Because oh, He Man yeah. was very like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I I don't know how to word it. He Man was interesting, but so, no, but yeah, um, yeah, Benton was was a good series. I liked it. Um, Airbender, last Airbender was good. Actually, I loved watching that one. I actually got my daughter to watch it. That one in core with me, and she loved it. Oh, that's funny. Fact, I love I, hearing that. Matter of fact, I went to go watch it without her, and she goes, "No, you're not watching it without me." <laughs> How old's your daughter? Uh, she is. Uh, she just turned eight uh, in October. Oh, that's the perfect age to start dabbling so, in a little anime, sprinkling oh, yeah. it in. So, uh, so we uh, actually sat down and started watching that. Then we watched Phineas and Ferb after we watched all of. Uh, Phineas and Ferb's a must. Mm-hmm. Yes, after watching My Little Pony 20 million times. It's... Oh. <laughs> See, that was, I I never got into that one. I know that there's a large group of people who do still watch oh, yeah. My Little Pony, and it's supposed to be pretty good. I never. So My Little Pony was actually, the series that's out, that was out that my daughter got into was actually really good. I, I loved watching it, but just watching it 20 million times. Yeah, you're just like, all right, you get the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other anime that are like that. There's the one anime where they get sucked into their tv and they're like in a game yeah that um, one was really good yeah there's about eight different ones that i've watched in the past like month and a half or so that are video game based where they either do deep dives like sort of online or mm-hmm. get turned as uh, trapped into the games like overlord was another one that i loved i think that they that came out like two like 28 2017 15 and 2018 yeah I didn't even know that until like last year. No, yeah, I didn't know about Overlord. We actually did Overlord for our anime podcast. So how our anime podcast works is like a book club. So when we meet up, we talk about whatever one we did previously, and then someone picks one, and then we watch it, and we come back and talk. So Overlord was one that we did, and yeah. that show's badass. Oh, yeah. Did you guys Did you actually watch all the way through? Uh, we did the first season, um, but a couple of them watched all three seasons. Yeah, it's a, it's a series I wish would have continued. Yeah, well, I think they're talking about doing another season. So, because they haven't done anything since 2018 with it. Right. I, so. I heard a rumor that they might become, because they got picked up by that really popular gaming app, um, AFK Arena. Oh, yeah? And they put, um, gosh, I can't remember the names. They put three characters in that game, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, that's a weird, like, out of nowhere, it's been like two years since Overlord's been relevant. Why did we... Why did they do that? So a lot of people think that they're in works with dropping a new season. Oh, I'm hoping so. Yeah. So, yeah, Death Note's another good anime. Death Note's great. I am very tough on Death Note because I think that for the first 20 episodes, it's probably the best written anime. And then I feel like they really dropped the ball. Yes, they did. They, those of you who haven't watched Death Note and are going to in the future, spoiler alert, Five, four, three, two, one. When they kill off L, and they decide to then give us a new L, without giving us any understanding why it's happening, that's where that show really fell off for me. Yeah. What do you think of the live action version of the room? I probably shouldn't have done those. I, I watched the one on Netflix, and I wasn't. I didn't enjoy it too much. Watch the Japanese version. Better? Yeah, so much better. Okay, I'll do that. Cause yeah, I, they actually separated it into two separate movies. Interesting. Yeah, I never watched the I watched the very Americanized, whitewashed version. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was, was horrible. That was rough. 
Yeah, no, the uh, CGI work for the Japanese one isn't as good as the American one. Okay. I mean, because it's Japanese, and they, it's Japanese and they don't like to do the whole no. tough, uh, good stuff. They like to make it look ch- kind of cheesy just because it's more fun. But yeah, the Japanese live action is so much better. Okay, I will give that one a watch because I actually didn't even know they made a Japanese live action. Yeah, one. most people don't. <laughs> I heard they also did a Japanese live action of Attack on Titan. They did. Have you watched that? I have not. I've been trying to find someone who I know who's actually watched it because... I don't want to commit the time yet because um, I'm all there's something about live action when it comes into anything gaming or anime oh, yeah. where 90% of it's not great no. so I'm trying to find someone who's seen the live action um, attack on Titan to at least know if I should invest the two hours of time yeah no I'm, I hear shortly I'm actually going to be sitting down with my daughter because I have one, I have two of these bind, two binders of like the, the whole like 500 DVDs just completely full of anime. Yes. And then I have another three that hold uh, horror movies. <laughs> That's a couple years down the road where you're like, hey, welcome to hey, horror. Yeah, I, I watched my first horror movie at the age of four, uh, three. See, I watched my first one when I was... It was Scream. That was scared the crap out of me. Yeah. No, um, I mean, the fact that I'm named after two of the characters. When... Wait, what do you mean? J- Jason Voorhees. So when I was born, my my mother actually, I'm the youngest of five kids, so my mother actually looked at my kid, my older siblings, and went, I'm done naming kids. You guys get to choose a name. What? Yeah. So my oldest brother chose Jason, and my oldest sister chose Michael. I mean, you you have to like horror, then. Oh, yeah. You're, you, there's no way around it. Okay, let's dabble in horror, then, for a little bit, because I we get on anime. I know, we could talk anime yes. for a whole podcast. What is good horror in your eyes, and what is bad horror in your eyes? So, the modern day horror that comes out now is, in my eyes, bad. I don't like the. I haven't liked most horror movies that have come out recently. Okay. Um, I like ones that are, like Saw is a great is a great movie series in my yep. opinion. Most people deny that to the to the dying breath. I don't know why people would. I think Saw is definitely yeah. top tier. Um. I like the idea of the fact that you don't know who the bad guy is. You don't know how the uh, how the traps actually work mm-hmm. until uh, it's too late. See, I for me saw I think up to like three, three or four was really good, and then they made a couple that I was kind of like yeah. okay, and then when they did Jigsaw, I was back in it. Yeah. I was like, I love it again. Yeah, I'm wanting to see the new one that's coming out. Are they making another? Yeah, it's called Spiral. Is it a follow up to Jigsaw? Yeah. Um, and it has Jamie. Uh, is it Jamie Foxx in it, or somebody else? Really? Yeah, it's, uh, there's a comedian in it. It uh, plays the main character. Oh. Like yeah, he plays the uh, cop that's the main character. The main character trying to solve the crime now. Um, I they, like that they idea. They released a trailer for it like a year ago, and they just like yeah, because of COVID, we're pushing it back now. Of course. Okay. Well, for new age ones, then what do you think about like uh, I don't remember the director's name, but the guy who's done like The Vich. Midsummer, Hereditary. Where do you sit on those? Um, they're decent movies. Um, I'm more for the psychological stuff, mm-hmm. um, and I like just like you know, what's uh, a good example? Hellraiser. Hellraiser yeah. is a fantastic psychological thriller. Yes, in my opinion for horror movies. I think Hellraiser is for me was the first, like when I watched because I watched that one like when I was ten or eleven, which was not a good idea. Mm-hmm. That haunted me. For probably well into like 
my early teenage years. Because <laughs> that movie is just... Okay. It, um, it hits on everything. Another branch of horror movies I love is Stephen King's movies. Yes. I love his books. I love his movies. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that they actually came out with a new series for Stan, or for the uh, Stan book. Yeah. I'm actually going to be sitting down and binge watching that here soon. Yeah, I want... It's on my list to go through. Um... But yeah, horror movies is one of those things that I can talk about for hours on end just because they're fantastic things. What do you think about um, um, Get Out and Us? Um, so Get Out was actually a really good movie. I liked that idea yeah, of it. I like that one. Um, Us, when I first heard about it, I did like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the trailers of it because the whole aspect of... Having doppelgangers come out and kill your kill your kill their other halves or whatever just doesn't sit right with me. It's weird, yeah. yeah. Um, but when actually watching it and seeing the ending of it and having it explained it was actually genius, in my opinion. I agree with you. I really because I felt the same way. Like, and I was worried. I, I always get worried when horror movies specifically get a lot of hype because, like, I'm like, okay, well. Is it going to be really that good? Like, because, like, for me, one of the worst horror movies I've seen in the past while was uh, The Babadook. I don't actually think I watched that one yet. I was not, I mean, it has really high ratings, and I get from a critic standpoint why that movie would be good, but from a horror fan standpoint, I don't think it's good. But. I leave that to everyone to discuss. Yeah. I'm the same way with uh, Paranormal Activity. Interesting. When that, when that, when those movies came out, everybody hyped them up. Every every commercial you saw for it was, hey, look how scared they are! Look how scared they are! People and, had to leave the theater. Yeah. yeah, I went and saw it. And I was just like, oh, cool. I'm gonna go sleep now. I felt like Paranormal Activity was a really well done horror movie, but it was not this like end all be all. No. I'm devastated. Like can't sleep at night yeah. like people played it off of me mm-hmm. i was like this is cool like they made a pretty decent horror movie for like a thousand bucks yeah was it the scariest thing i've ever seen not even close no and that's where i'm uh, having problems with horror movies between that and remakes nowadays oh yeah everyone's gotta do a remake i i am excited the guy who did get out and us is remaking Candyman. yes i'm um, actually that's not a remake from what they're saying now Oh, it's gonna be like a follow-up, or um, I don't know if it's gonna be like a follow-up or a prequel or what. Because but... he did get the original actor back. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious what they're going so, to do with that. Um, because once they signed him, they were, they started making uh, uh, comments about it being tied to the other ty- uh, Candyman movies. Hmm. Which makes me more excited to see it then. Yeah, because the original Candyman movies are yeah creepy. Yeah. Although there was a horror movie that I remake that I was actually excited for until they canceled it like 20 times. Which one? Hellraiser. You know, I have been saying for the longest time, if if a studio picked up Hellraiser and gave it the budget that it needs, because right, like mm-hmm. the original Hellraiser was so good because the budget was high for the time. Oh yeah. The the props and everything were just perfect. If they gave the budget and had a good story even if they even if they wanted to like copy the original story but give it a 2020 you know reflush i think it could be so good yeah so they were actually planning a remake of hellraiser 
they had a they had a director sign on and a script. And as they were signing up to cast, the director actually bailed out mm-hmm. the, their obligations because it took so long to find a cast. By the time they found a new director, the uh, cast had actually bailed out. Then the director wanted a new script written. So it's just been this big circle. Yeah, and it just it's just been going on and on and on. And then like they had the original guy that played uh, Hellraiser or played Pinhead and the original Hellraiser signed on, and then he died. Yeah. Well, so, then then the original writer hasn't he passed away? Wes yeah. Craven. Yeah, yeah. Wes. Yeah, yeah, Wes Craven passed away. Um, his family owns all uh, owns a lot of that stuff now and whatnot. So. Yeah, I, I was pretty bummed out when Wes Craven passed away because I feel like he. Because one of the last thing he did was like Midnight Meat Train, right? Mm-hmm. I felt like Midnight Meat Train was a fantastic little short horror. Oh yeah. So that, that's a that's one that I wish we'd get another remake to, or not remake, but a sequel. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's your opinions on the Rob Zombie Halloween remakes? Oh, I loved them. Yeah, I. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, that's one of the few things I differ with other people because everyone's like, "Yeah, you know, all these remakes are fantastic." And then they look at how the Rob Zombie Halloween's and they're like, "Oh, this is horrible." It's like. They made him human. Yeah. And the original Halloween movies, you had no reason, you had no explanation of why he was killing people other than, oh, he's a little bullied. Yeah. And this one, it's like, no, he was tormented as, in his family. He was tormented at school. He just had a breaking point. Yeah, no, I felt like Rob Zombie really, like, I get it. Like, Rob Zombie, like, his house of a thousand corpses, like, different things like that mm-hmm. are very over the top, like, blood gore, oh, yeah. rock metal type, mm-hmm. type of vibe. And he definitely added that in Halloween with some of the scenes, like very over the top, like, you know, graphic gore. But like you said, they made, they gave a reason to why Michael Myers is Michael Myers. Yeah. Like, and they, I think they nailed like the serial killer, like, like persona, right? Because mm-hmm. like when you get into like true crime, you realize there's a lot of trends. Yeah. Like one of them is like killing and mutilating like animals when they're a child. Mm-hmm. And he hit on that. Oh, yeah. Like, aggressive outbursts, you know, getting bullied, but, like, revenge input, right? Like, his whole idea was, like, wasn't in, like, the first scene when he got bullied, then he went and bashed one of the kids with a bat? Yeah. And that's serial killer mindset, like. Yeah, I just wish Rob Zombie quit, quit putting his wife in every movie he makes. Yeah, she doesn't need to be in him. <laughs> She's, I felt like she was fine in the House of a Thousand Corpse series, but yeah. she didn't need to be in Halloween. No. And see, and I actually didn't really care for the newest remake of Halloween. Yeah, that one, I didn't. I didn't um, think... So, that one was the fact that the original owners of Halloween got the rights back to them. Yeah. And were like, hey, we want to not, not acknowledge any of the other ones. Yeah. So, it, was just, it literally goes, Halloween, Halloween 2, and then this one that came out. Yeah. I just... I don't know. I... I felt like what they did with the original lady, I don't remember her name off the top of my head. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. How her character had turned out, like, it makes sense, right? Like, you'd probably turn out pretty off the cuff if that happened to you as a kid or Mm -hmm. a teenager. But I felt like the way that she portrayed that character in this new one was too much, like, too weird. I don't know. I really want a new Freddy movie, to be honest with you, a good one. As long as they don't make him a child molester. Yeah. Like they did in the other remake. Yeah, with uh, What's-His-Butt who played him. Yeah. Yeah, that that was weird. Yeah, like that's the only problem I had with that movie. Was, I was like, he wasn't a child molester. He was a child murderer. Yeah. He killed children. <laughs> yeah, he murdered children. He didn't... And I don't... It was a weird additive. Like, 
Yeah. I, I also just, I mean, maybe I need to go rewatch that one. I don't remember it being too scary either. Not really. Um, I mean, they etched on the scariness of it, but they tried to rehash too much of the original Nightmare on Elm Street stuff too. Yeah, because I felt like the first Nightmare on Elm Street, even to this day, like, has it's creepy. Oh yeah. The idea like sleep is could kill you, like mm-hmm. that hits on everybody, and you know the famous bed scene where is it Johnny Depp? Yeah, right? Johnny Depp. Yeah, Johnny Depp gets sucked into the bed, and it's the blood fountain, like. Yeah. Perfect horrors. Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like, I feel like Freddy Krueger is such a great character that you could do a lot of good content with. Now with CGI, they just, I don't know why they haven't pulled the trigger. Um, that one is also Wes Craven's uh, thing, but they actually, no, they actually sold the rights to that. Oh, did they? Um, yeah, New Line owns that. Along, actually, no, New Line sold it to uh, Blue Bay. Blue Bay Anchor owns it. Hmm. What do they do? Um, horror movies. Oh, just like... Um, yeah, they're the ones that did uh, Freddy vs. Jason and stuff like that. Freddy vs. Jason was fun. Yes, which I wish they would have done the sequel, but thanks to uh, Bruce Campbell, they couldn't do it. Oh, what happened with that? Uh, Bruce Campbell was supposed to play, revise, uh, redo his uh, Ash from the, the Evil Dead series. In yeah. It, and he literally was like, they signed all the stuff. And as he's signing the last piece of paperwork, he goes, oh yeah, by the way, I want to add a clause that says I get to kill one of the characters. Oh. And he's like, and they're like, yeah, yeah, sure, you can do that. He's like, no, I want to be able to kill one of the characters so he doesn't get back to life, and he's never seen again. Oh, like permanently, like, yeah. take him out of, like, cinema? Yeah. Yeah, I, that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one they would have done. They probably, either one, really. Yeah, but uh, they were like, no, we have other plans for these characters. Cause like when's the last Friday the Thirteenth movie we got? Uh, they did a remake in what, like two thousand ten? Around there, yeah. Cause let's see. Oh, I need glasses so bad. I cannot read when I'm typing. Oh, I almost got Friday right. Okay, no, there's more after part 13. 2009? Friday the 13th Vengeance in 2019? That was a series. Oh, a series? Yeah. Yeah. They got cancelled. Hmm. Yeah, they're... Let's go down this list. 2009, Friday the 13th. Yeah, that's the remake there. Yeah. Jason X. I didn't watch Jason X. Jason X actually was decent. Was uh, it? Yeah, I actually liked it. I wish they would have continued on with that version of Jason. Because it was very... It was, uh, took place in the future. And it was a very comical version of Friday the 13th. Oh, like over the top. like. Yeah. I like that. Because that's kind of how I felt about... Was it Friday the Thirteenth Part Five or Six, where Jason goes to Manhattan? Yeah, like very silly, but like fun. Yeah. So, spoiler for those that haven't seen Jason X, but yeah, there's a scene in it where uh, he's walking through the uh, spaceship, and uh, they set up a hologram to try to uh, distract him. He literally takes one of the uh, ladies, puts him in a in a sleeping bag, and just starts beating her up against a tree, <laughs> or beating her in the night. It's just like love it. <laughs> 
And and the entire time you just hear her laughing and giggling in because it's a hologram. Right. So what do you? How how far do you think horror for you expands? Like, would you consider like the Alien movies horror? Um, I uh, horror esque. Um, I do like them. I do watch them during Halloween, yeah, uh, October and stuff like that as part of the horror stuff. Um, Definitely, probably sci-fi. Yeah, I mean they have a scary aspect to them, uh, but in my opinion, they're as much horror as like Predator is. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it's it's just like on that verge. Yeah, because I'm a really big Alien fan. I think that like that first movie is really spooky. Because yeah. that's the whole like vibe of it is like you're getting stalked by mm-hmm. like this alien predator, like alien creature. Oh yeah. And then the second, third one are definitely sci-fi fun. Yeah, I think it should have stopped after the third one. <laughs> I agree, and I. So I have a really soft spot for the ver- first Alien versus Predator movie. Mm-hmm. I think even though critically, I don't think it got great scores. I think it was a really cool idea and really fun. Oh yeah. Probably didn't need to make. Two or three more of those movies. Yeah, that's a, that sequel to it should not have been made. No. There's um, another one after that. Is there really? I didn't know there was a third. No, I think there's four. I think there's four. They released one like a couple years ago. Did I, was, did I literally just bl- blank all those out then? Yeah. It, listen, you did yourself a service by blanking them out. Because um, I knew about those two. I know that there is a third. Because I know there's also a game that they were like, yeah, this is part of the series also. Uh, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I thought that there was a third that had a... Uh, what's her name in it? Unless it was another Predator movie. The you one... The one from Fast and Furious? No, Olivia Mund. Oh, Olivia Mund. She was in... Maybe it was a Predator movie. That's a Predator movie. movie. Oh, that movie was awful. Yeah. Yeah, don't watch that movie. That's the one that they're on the jungle planet, isn't it? Yeah, I th- okay, I thought that yeah. was another alien version. No, that movie. was Predator only. That was Predator versus Predator, because they were like two Predators against each other in that movie. That's right, yeah. That movie, not good. No. Not good. And what was it, Predators, when they like go to a different planet? So that that's the jungle planet one. Then there's Predator, where they... The giant, the predator comes to Earth and starts changing and evolving as he kills people. Okay. Or, or might be there after way. I just know those two movies are horrible. Yeah, both of them were really <sighs> bad. Really bad. And it sucks because Predator is such a cool concept. And like the first one. Everyone loves the first mm-hmm. one. I really liked the second one too. The second one was, fantastic. It was great in my opinion. Um, the two new ones that they made should not. No. I, I almost like... One thing that broke my heart in the sci-fi world was what they ended up doing with Prometheus. That first Prometheus movie, in my opinion, could have led to some of the best sci-fi we have ever oh, yeah. seen. And then you get the uh, sequel that they made. And... I, I read an interview from Ridley Scott where he like pretty much said, like, in a more presentable way, that he is only doing the movie that he did because the fans harassed him for more alien content. And I feel like Prometheus should have never had anything to do with Alien. Like, maybe throw in an Easter egg like they kind of did in the Prometheus movie of like, oh, that's where maybe the alien started. What they did with that second movie was... Oh, yeah, no, it was... Travesty. It was. I'm, 
I'm glad I didn't pay to go see that thing in theaters. I'm just disappointed I paid the five bucks on DVD on a Black Friday. <laughs> I saw it in theaters, and I paid that movie theater the fifteen bucks for the ticket, the popcorn, the drink, the candy. I was so pumped. I'm like, this could be so good. And I was like, oh, you guys, you guys did us really dirty with that one. Uh, yeah. No, I think they should do another. They should do another Alien versus Predator, or just another Alien and Predator movie that just makes up for everything else. Yeah, I would love a Predator movie where we're actually on like, like their home planet. Like, mm -hmm. what do they really got going on? Because like we get the lore right, and like I don't know anything about Predator versus Hunter, but I know that that's like a big like graphic novel. Yeah, um, I don't know what Hunter is. I'm not familiar with um, what that sci-fi. Realm is that's the that's one I haven't read in years. Yeah. So I'm familiar with it too much now. But I think that would be a cool, like, why not make, you know, a B-list movie of Predator, excuse me, Predator vs. Hunter. Mm -hmm. Why not? But, but let's let's wrap it up. We're at two hours and eight minutes. Like I say, time always flies. Oh yes. Um, as far as social media, where's the best? place people can go for you um they can hit us up on facebook at dark Run collectibles or they can hit us up on our website dark Run collectibles also okay um that also has a link to our stores uh sell site too so you can actually buy from us there too if they wanted to so you can buy online yes awesome i know that you are dabbling in tiktok a little bit um we are um we're hoping to dabble more into it uh, you can uh, check us out there also uh that should be underneath the uh, dark Run collectibles also okay and then location-wise? Uh, location, we're up in Clearfield, uh, 354 South State Street. 354 South State Street, Clearfield. What's yeah. the zip? Uh, 84015. 84015. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I want to thank you for coming oh, on. Yeah, definitely. I think that we're going to be doing more stuff here in oh, the yes. future for sure. And um, everyone listening, if you enjoyed this, let me know. We can always do a part two. Like, that's mm -hmm. not a oh, problem. Yes. And then... Uh, Potentially some D and D content in the future. Yes, definitely. I think that would be a lot of fun. Maybe we can get you playing some magic and nah. get that on stream also. Get that back. I I've been really wanting to get back into it so bad, and yeah. it really hit me during COVID. Like I just kind of like man, getting that itch. But all right, everyone watching, if you're here on Twitch, um, YouTube, any of the other outlets, Spotify, Apple, you guys know where you're at. Um, just want to rehash this podcast was sponsored. By Hepius, the number one place to go for premium CBD that won't break the bank. Locally owned and sourced here in Utah. Safe for work. No THC. You don't have to stress about that. And they have something for everyone. If you're in pain, if you need better sleep, they have products. Go check them out. It's HepiusMed.com. H-E-P-I-U-S-M-E-D.com. Thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, make sure to check out the links in the comment section below to go check out Dark, Dark Prime Collectibles, and I will see you guys on the next one. Bye.